The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Good evening, everyone. This is Izzy. The President Report, brought to you by PLB Sports and Entertainment, the makers of Josh's Jacks, the JA17 line of coffee, and the Diggs 14 hot sauce. Enjoy the show. everybody to the red zone report i'm your host izzy back at it again super bowl is over the season's over it is now focus on next year and uh it's very early right now because a lot of these players that i'm going to talk about today could be re-signed but i don't care right as of right now this is what it is and there's not a whole lot to talk about in the football world so let's go ahead and explore the options that the bills will potentially have and you know put my takes on them and you guys can throw your takes in the comments and we'll see where this conversation goes. All right. Now I'm hoping the show lasts an hour. It's probably going to last a little bit longer than that, which is fine. Uh, I'll just put the uh, XFL game on, on the other screen and no big deal. Who cares? Um, the XFL so far has been pretty good. So we'll, uh, I'll, I'll just keep that to that. They're the officiating there guys, the officiating of the XFL, the NFL needs to take some freaking pointers. Uh, they have a dedicated guy, Dean Blandino, to just fine-tooth comb all the calls. Uh, I love the, the way they do that. Uh, something like that would need more than one of him to do it, but we'll see. Uh, in the comments already, I have Miss Sandra L. King showing love. Miss San- Sandra, thank you very much. My man Kim Boomhauer. Hey, Izzy, shout-out to you and yours. Shout-out to you and yours, too, as well, brother. I hope you're having a great weekend. Uh, what up, Jacob? Hey, Jacob. Uh, Depending on how the show goes, I'll have you on, and I'll give you three questions at the end if uh, if I can actually have time for it. And uh, same thing with you, Robbie. Those are my two buddies right there. Love those guys. Uh, they always support me, and you know they they talk to me on the side. You know, make sure me and the family are good. And so those guys right there, upstanding young men. Um. All right. So, uh, 
Jacob, before the show, he asked me to uh, mention uh, a move that the Bills had already made, and that was the signing of Zane Anderson, safety. Uh, he's been with the Chiefs the last two years on their practice squad. Uh, he's six foot two, two hundred pounds out of BYU, and last year he saw some action, and his PFF grade was a seventy overall. He didn't really have any stats to look at, and because of that, I really don't have a lot to say about him yet. You know, like um, it was like when we picked up Jordan Poyer, right? I knew he was an established veteran in the league, but I didn't know how good Jordan Poyer could be. I didn't realize he was going to be the super megastar he is now. Um, I also didn't know if he was going to be garbage or not. So, I mean, there, there was a chance that either of those could be. But um, you know what? Jordan Poyer turned out to be a beast, and that's what it is. Now, I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that uh, this guy is going to be that. Of course, Izzy, I'm always here, bro. Thank you very much, brother. Um, but, you know, I'm not saying that Zane Anderson is going to be anything like Poyer. He could be a camp body, and, you know, but it is what it is. My man, Roy Collins coming in. A.J. McCarron still didn't look good, but it's the XFL. Uh, he looked good at the end of the game when he hit Austin Prohl for the touchdown. Go Bills. Um, but, yeah, the rest of the game, that offensive line was trash. He was getting destroyed. Um, but you know what? It's all, it's all good. You know, the XFL is there for people to get second chances, and hopefully he gets his um, probably as a backup in the NFL one day. That's about, that's about the best he can do. Um, but, yeah, uh, Zane Anderson – uh, he's a prospect, I'm guessing, and uh, looking at the kid, man, it's a handsome kid right there. Make me a little jealous. Wish I was that handsome. I'm more handsome. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, you know, he could he could potentially be something. He could just be a camp body. I mean, he you never know. He could be a megastar one day, or you know, the first man cut <laughs> during the off season. So we'll see where he goes. Um, he's got good traits. Uh, I did see his RAS score, and I'm going to pull that up again real quick because uh, I today I've been doing all this research on these players, and uh, I was not planning on discussing any rookies or anything like that, so I did not look at RAS scores because uh, all the players that I talk about today um, are established veterans, basically, except for Zane Anderson, who I threw in last second. But all good. Uh, let's see. Zane Anderson, RAS score. Not raise score, Raz score. Let's see what we got here, buddy. So his Raz score was a nine point nine three. Nope, that's Jamin Davis. That's not him. Where's Zane Anderson? Nope. I saw him pull it up. Oh, well, um, I'm not going to, you know, crush my soul on this right here. But, you know, he could be a good player. We'll, we'll find out later on. He's going to have to do just like everybody else, go out there on the field and prove it. And that's just the way it is. Man, Joseph says, what's up, Busy? What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, we can drop McKenzie. I think we can. Said, like the setup, Izzy, looks good, bro. Thank you very much. And do we know if Poyer is not coming back at all? We have no idea whether Poyer is coming back or not. Let's be real here. This list is for guys, uh, including guys who are on our team right now who are free agents. So, like, the first guy that pops up is going to be real familiar and real important. And then there's going to be options after that, you know, that I like or I'm like, all right, we're balling on a budget with this one. Um, and that's that's potentially what it could be. 
That's a very, very good chance that it could be that. Um, I was doing, what is it? Um, I was doing my research, and it's not in there. Where is it? Where did I put it? Uh, I was doing some research, and, oh, I know exactly where it is. Uh, pictures, screenshots, and just got to add it to the, no, not, not that. Just got to add it to the show. And, dang it, why has got to be so weird? Uh I could just be a little bit more prepared, right, guys? All right, here we go. There it is. So I was doing some research before I go into the free agents, right, right, guys? And uh, here's what I here's what I did. I went on a spot track and I looked up who we could restructure, who we could just restructure. This was all restructured, no cuts, no nothing. And I think there will be cuts. I think there will be guys who are no longer with the team. Uh, man. Steven says, got to sign Poyer. The guy is solid no matter age. Uh, I love Poyer, but we really, but do we really want to pay a 33-year-old? That's true, you know. Uh, we need to step up our game or, or step our game up this offseason. Agree with that. Uh, what's your opinion on Poyer? So safety is actually the last position I'm covering, Robbie. So we'll get that. You got to watch for the whole show. There we go. Thank you very much, Roy. Uh, 8.824 RAS score, which is a very high RAS score. So athletically, uh, Zane Anderson is, is very gifted. But So I went through and I restructured everybody I could. And if you look on the right, in the gray, the very dark gray there, cap space, we can get to $29,229,000, right? So about two point, what is it, uh, 29 and a quarter million dollars under the cap is, is about where we can get to, right? So that's what we're dealing with. Now we get into the players, okay? The first player up is, you know, is, uh, is a very familiar guy for us, and it is Tremaine Edmonds. Now, Tremaine Edmonds, this past year had his best season as a Buffalo Bill. He had 102 tackles, 66 of those are solo, one sack, six tackles for loss. He didn't force any fumbles and he didn't recover any fumbles. His overall PFF score was a 79 overall, but his run defense was a 56.5, okay? 56.5 tells me that he's lacking instincts when it comes time to hit the lane and stop the back. That's what that tells me. His rush score, like rushing the passer, was 69.7. And his coverage score was 88.1, which is astonishing. He was damn good in coverage. He was damn good creating pressure, but he was not that great when it came to getting to running backs in the lanes. And that's very disappointing. Very disappointing. Edmonds also a good player, but for what he's going to demand, we can find someone else to step up in cheapest. Okay, yep, that's true. We can we can find somebody else who's cheaper, and I agree with that. I think we need he needs to be resigned. I'm I'm part of the group that would tag Tremaine Edmonds and then trade him. 
honestly. I agree he struggles stopping the run. And there's not really much you can, you know, dispute when it comes to stopping the run. He, And that's really what killed us this year. If you look at the playoff game against the the, uh, the Bengals, not being able to stop the run is what got us in that game, right? They gashed us, and they weren't even that good at running the ball. The Bengals are not a rushing team. They don't run the ball like that. They, they, they just don't. It's not really their forte. Their big deal is the passing game. They have the three-headed monster receiver with Boyd and Higgins and uh, Chase. That's that's their bread and butter. And they said to hell with butter. We're putting mayo in this sandwich, and they kicked our ass with it. And, and you know, I, I really hate looking back at that Bengals game as a, as a one-time thing, but there was a lot of ga- games where the run got away from us because our linebacker and Tremaine Edmonds, our main linebacker, just isn't that great against the run. Against the pass, outstanding. It's hard to get better than that. But, my Lord, I think we can do better. And I think we can do it for less, for what we need. There we go. Looked lost in a lot of plays, especially run plays. Especially run plays. He was more reactive than he was proactive. And we need some proactivity here. So, the next player that I'm looking at, who is a free agent linebacker, is someone who's a little older He's a little more seasoned. He's got some experience under his belt. Now, I don't think that Tremaine Edmonds is completely out of the question, but if you, you sign Tremaine Edmonds, you are foregoing Jordan Poyer. You are, it, it, that's a wrap. Call it a day. It's over. That's done. Now, the next option at linebacker, somebody you're only going to get for two, three years tops, right? But they are instinctively a monster. They are a beast they have been for years. They've been in the league for 10 years, and that is none other than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers linebacker, Levante David. 124 tackles, 80 solo, three sacks, 10 tackles for a loss, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery. Right, His PFF score, 84.1 overall in his 10th year. 73.5 against the run. All right, let's go back to Tremaine. 56.5. 73.5. In coverage, 88.5 for David. Excellent as well. Better than Tremaine. The difference is the pass rush. He's not as good a pass rusher, but in our defense, we don't need you to be a pass rusher, right? Look at the expected money, the estimated money here, $99.7 million per year for Levante David, 11 for Tremaine, and that's not realistic. That, that's, that's spot tracks numbers. In my opinion, there's no way in hell Tremaine Edmonds is signing anywhere for $11 million a year unless there's some other incentive to draw him there, right? We're going to have to do some crazy stuff to get Tremaine Edmonds to come here at $11 million a year. Freaking what's his name from Chicago who just got traded to the Ravens, uh, Roquan Smith, just got paid $100 million for five years. Tremaine Edmonds is going to command at least 15 a year. Their number is off, in my opinion. Someone's going to overpay him. He's 24 years old. So why wouldn't you? Like, if you think you can get better out of him, why not? Levante David, to me, is a less expensive option. You can go get him, and he's a less expensive option. He has the instincts. He has the run defensibility. He has the coverage skills. Levante David, to me, would be the favorite at linebacker. Right? If, if all the cards line up, and we can get it for three years, drop a void year or two at the end of it, so that way we can spread that money out and not have as big a cap it as $9.7 million per year. Go get Levante David. That is the guy right there. 
that's who I'd go for, and that's why he's on the cover of my video here. Levante David is the, is, is the man I need on this team. Now, there's another linebacker out there. I, today, today I was doing research for like four or five hours from like 2 p.m. until like 6.30, maybe 6.15. Uh, so right up until the show was supposed to start. And the other linebacker I got through, after going through all these linebackers and seeing how they score and what their numbers are and their reactionary skills and stuff like that, the sleeper and the ball around the budget option is Drew Tranquil of the Los Angeles Chargers. This man had 146 tackles, 95 of them solo, five sacks, 10 tackle for loss, one forced fumble, zero fumble recoveries. His overall PFF grade is a 66.5. Rundy drops tremendously. What that tells me is that Matt Milano is going to have to step up and become the run defender linebacker, right? Now, Levante David's average per year was 9.7. Tremaine Evans was 11. This guy's at four. So this could be a guy that the Bills are after, not somebody who I would want personally on this team. Personally, I'm going after Tremaine Edmonds or Levante David. Those are my two options that I would want. Coverage skills, though, this guy's not bad. 76.7, 76.4, but he's a clear drop-off. He's a clear drop-off from our guys in Tremaine Edmonds and Levante David. But he's an option. He's an option. And those are the three linebackers that I looked at that I saw are, that are currently slated to be free agents. This is going to change as teams go forward and cut players, you know, due to cap reasons. Some teams are going to have to get rid of guys. And that's just the nature of the beast, right? The, the, some guys are going to have to make difficult decisions in order to rebuild their teams like we are this year. We're going to have to make a decision on Jordan Poyer and Tremaine Edmonds. And there are some options that are more expensive, less expensive. And I think it was five positions I did. I, I did linebacker, wide receiver, defensive tackle, offensive line, and safety. I didn't do corners because I don't think we need corners like that. Uh, I didn't look at running backs because we can get one in the draft. And, and you know, I don't, I don't see the Bills spending a whole bunch of money on, on running backs. That's just not how we do things here. It never has been. Um, and if they're going to sign one, it will probably be Devin Singletary because he has led the team in rushing for four years in a row. So there is that. Got some comments here. Do you want Odell Beckham? I would not mind Odell Beckham for the right price, but he's going to have to realize that, that, that it's the right price. The thing is, I don't see any team signing him for more than two years, and that means that you're not going to be able to spread his cap hit around, and that's a problem. So there are other options that I'm going to be talking about. I did not put Odell Beckham in here. What about Vander Esch from Dallas? Uh, Vander Esch from Dallas, to me, is too injury-prone for my liking. I know he's not a bad linebacker. I know he's very solid and, you know, can do the job. Um, but he's been hurt two of his five years. That's an option that I stay away from. I go with the guy who has the instincts in Levante David, or you go with your homegrown guy who is still developing. He's 24 years old. Mentally, he's still not even a man, technically. You know, they say that biologically, men's brains are not finished developing until they're about 25, 26 years old. So he's barely there. My man, caveman, love applesauce. I love apple juice. Had to give my man, caveman, a shout. But yeah, Vander Esch is not one I'd go after. Uh, Tranquil is a solid option who would fit the system, but the run D is so suspect, especially considering the base nickel. There's one less linebacker. Now, Tranquil, I don't know if Tranquil's 
run numbers are because of the scheme. Like I only went skin deep on the on the thing, right? I had so many players I was researching. I don't know if it's their scheme that holds him back or if he's just not good against the run. I know that within our scheme, Tremaine Edmonds is not that good against the run. So I can base Tremaine Edmonds' thing on his 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 numbers on what he does here. Right, so there, there are guys who are doing stuff elsewhere that's not going to line up with what we do here. And there's, or maybe their numbers are swayed because they're there and not here. Or maybe someone is here and he's not as good at doing it because he's in this defense. Maybe Tremaine Emmons is just not a fit here. Maybe that's just the case. Maybe he is. I mean, for coverage wise, he definitely is. So it's tough. I think David will be pricey. So uh, we already, I have on each slide of the players, uh, their, their cap hit or the estimated annual salary. And Levante David's annual salary looks to be 9.7, while Tremaine's is 11, and that's that's not going to be 11. It's going to be like 15 or or higher. Uh, Drew Tranquil's is four, so that's the ball on a budget guy, um, and this is a budget year, so we'll see what happens. Uh, personally, I'd want David or Tremaine. That's just me. Why NFL always gives us hard schedules? Hey man, when you're winning, you get hard schedules. That's what it is. You got to see all the division champions within your division. You got to see that NFC opponent, that extra one for the 17th game that finished in their division the same as you did in yours. Yeah, it's 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 a tough one. O-line and we're unstoppable. We're not there yet, brother. We'll get there. We'll get there. Just watch the show. <laughs> we'll get you there, bro. All right, here we go. We're going to the next position group, which is wide receivers. And the first one on the list, unrealistic in my opinion, uh, Numbers-wise, unless you can spread it out far enough. Nope, not too tranquil. We already looked at him. Alan Lazard for the Green Bay Packers. He had kind of a down year because Aaron Rodgers had kind of a down year. 60 receptions, 788 yards, six touchdowns. His catch percentage, which is very important to me. It's become important this year because of Gabriel Davis dropping all those passes. I looked up Devin Bush. Uh, he does not grade well. From Steelers, right? Does not grade well. I looked at him, and for me, he was not an option. Alan Lazard just screams number two wide receiver to me. Like this, this is what he is. He is a number two wide receiver. He is not a number one. Last year in Green Bay, he basically had to be the number one because Christian Watson was not ready. Now I can see the Bills going after Alan Lazard, but then they'll have to budget shop elsewhere. So that means if they get Lazard, instead of getting a Levante David, they're probably going to have to go with a Drew Tranquil, right? They're going to have to go with somebody lower than that. So this is this is all math. It's, you know, it's all there. And there's, uh, there's other things the Bills can do to save more cap space, but I'm trying to work with that $29 million I can do just purely with um, restructures. So Alan Lazard, 69 overall PFF grade, not bad, decent option. I'm going to go a little faster with these receivers than I did with linebackers because, to me, it's less of a pressing need, but it is still a need. All right, guys? So forgive me for for ask, for, uh, for rushing through this one a little bit. What about drafting one? Okay, so if it's me, I draft one in the top three, top three or four picks of the draft. I'm drafting in the first four picks two offensive linemen, one running back, and one wide receiver. Don't care what order. That's what I'm doing the, the first four picks. End of story. I'd like to see Jacoby Myers. Oh, well, good sir. He is on the list, but he's not next. Next on the list is DJ Chark Jr. 
DJ Chark Jr. of the Detroit Lions. He had some injuries this year, but it, when he played, he played well. 30 receptions, 502 yards, three touchdowns, 57.7 catch percentage, 69.6 overall. That catch percentage is what throws me off, right? If you look at the numbers, it was $12.5 million a year estimated for Lazard. I would gladly pay the extra $3 million to go with Lazard over DJ Chark. No injuries and the higher catch percentage. It's only 2.3%, but still, every little bit helps. Gabe Davis, at one point this year, was dropping 17% of his passes. Can't have that anymore. I, I like Keenan Allen. I do like Keenan Allen. Um, from what I understand, I don't know if he's been released, but if he is released, he becomes an option. But according to Track, he is not an option at, as of this moment. Let me see if he has been released. Because if he has, then I missed the ball. See, yep, no, he's still in the Chargers, so he's not a free agent. Yeah, he's still not a free agent, so we, we're working with what we got. LaVisca Chenault, oh, Jesus. So I did want us to draft him when he came out. Um, he's been a letdown thus far in his NFL career, but he was with the Panthers and the Jags before the Jags were ready to really use him. The potential's still there, but I just hope he hasn't been ruined as a player. You know, like... Sometimes you can wreck a player. And I think that LaVisca Chanel potentially has been wrecked. Worth a shot, though, if it's cheap enough. If it's cheap enough, LaVisca Chanel is worth a shot. All right. Now, the next option at receiver is Jacoby Myers. We got a... We got a uh, not smiley face. It's a hey man. The frowny face is understandable. If you're a Chenault fan, I understand. You know, I was too coming out of college. I just wish he was, you know, who's better, but it is what it is. But Jacoby Myers, right? My man Ray Cruz in the, in the comments says he's a bigger body receiver. I didn't really focus so much on size for the receivers. I focused on what they can do on the field. I know he's a bigger guy because he was a quarterback. So 67 receptions, 804 yards, six touchdowns, 69.8 catch percentage. That is almost 10% more than Lazard, and it's almost 12%, or it's more than 12% than DJ Chark. If I'm going after one of these three receivers that I listed, the guy I'm going after is Jacoby Myers. Now, you can hate it because he is a former Patriot. And you know what? Some people just hold on to that resentment and that hate. I don't. This is the first time I've really wanted a Patriot player to be on my team. Uh, other than Devin McCourty back in the day, because he's probably the Patriot that I respect more than anybody. Just hard work, grinder, good good with his instincts. Jacoby Myers made the transition from quarterback to wide receiver, and he did it beautifully in the NFL. And he's played with some bum-ass quarterbacks in New England. But right? He had, the, what, the one year with Brady, and then the rest of them with, with whack-ass Mac. Yeah, I, sorry, but yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. Jacoby Myers... Very solid option. The number twelve point five million. I can justify it with him. He 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 put up eight hundred four yards and six touchdowns with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. Okay, imagine what Josh Allen's gonna do for him. Josh Allen makes every receiver better, just about. And I saw in the comments, waiting for uh, this man here, Juju Smith Schuster. So Juju is gonna be expensive, right? He. 
He busted out of his shell again this year, 78 receptions, 93.3 or 933 yards, uh, three touchdowns only, but still 77.2 catch percentage. And that's a big deal because Gabe Davis was in the 50s this year when it came to catch percentage. I think it was like 57. It was not impressive at all. I'm going to look that up, actually, just so I can make the just so I can make the point. Gabe Davis. Personally, I like Davis's production more, right? When it comes to per catch, if Gabe Davis can, you know, fix the drops, Davis is the guy, right? But that's a big that's a big thing to fix. Gabe Davis's catch percentage was 51.6 this year. The best it's ever been was his rookie year at 56.5. But Gabe Davis put up 836 yards on 48 catches with seven touchdowns. If I had to pick between him and Juju, I'm taking Gabe. However, however, and I, and I can't say, well, it's a quarterback thing. No, it's not. This guy was with Mahomes. It's not. Right? It's just, it's not. If it's me, I am, I'm, I'm going with uh, Jacoby Myers between him and Juju, personally. I've seen more. I've seen more out of, out of Jacoby Myers with less to work with at quarterback. Just my opinion. Wrecking a player is David Carring him. That is messed up. Leave David leave David Carr alone, man. So your team, people need to stop acting like they play a part in any of it. Here's the point. Josh Allen, 63% completion percentage. I'm not I'm failing to see your point. What are you what are you trying to say exactly? Cause if I'm correct, Josh Allen, 63% uh completion percentage. Meanwhile, his receiver here is putting up 51% of the time catching his plat passes. I'm confused, but you got to be more clear in what you're trying to say. Josh Allen's been plenty accurate. Uh, I'm sorry to tell you, but 63% when you have your number two receiver dropping 70% of his passes is pretty freaking accurate. Then you have your slot guy and McKenzie dropping a bunch of passes too. He's been plenty accurate. I'm not sure what you're on about, but cool story, bro. Darius Slayton, I did not put on a list. I did not like when I broke down his numbers. Was not a was not a fan. But there is one more guy because with every single one of these, I have a balling on a budget guy. I have a balling on a budget guy, and he's somebody who I saw in a bunch of fan groups, and people were saying, "I like this guy. I like this guy. He's going to be inexpensive." And I'm like, "Okay, okay, okay." I, I looked up a bunch of receivers, and I had to go way down the list to find this guy's name. I had to go way down the freaking list. And I found him, and I was kind of impressed with the numbers that I was seeing. And his name is Paris Campbell. With the Colts and their atrocious offense this year, dude put up 63 receptions, 623 yards, 69.2% of his catches or his passes attempted to him were caught. Right? So we're in the 70% range. That's where we want to be. PFF grade, 60.8 overall, though. So. That tells me he's probably not that great a route runner, but this is your ball on a budget guy at $2.5 million per year. This is somebody you could see them taking a flyer on. That's that's cool. I mean, this is what it is. I don't I don't look at PFF for the drop percentage. I look at I look for them for their grades, mostly on their route running and stuff like that. And that's why I'm looking at these receivers here, and I'm looking more towards their stats and their PFF because PFF didn't have a whole lot of information on receivers unless they had they had their their catching ability basically or their receiving 
grade and then they had a running grade if they had any end arounds. So for receivers, I really didn't pay too much attention to PFF, mostly for linemen, linebackers, you know, people who tackle, people who's like distinct numbers don't necessarily, um, how you say this, uh, rely on another player, right? You like a receiver and a quarterback's numbers are di- are directly dependent on one another. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's when you're looking at a receiver and a, and a quarterback. They they affect each other directly, right? The quarterback passes the ball to receiver. Receiver has to catch it. They make they make adjustments for this, but it is what it is. Who gives the grades? Well, no football minds. I I don't know who gives the grades. I know that they have a grading system, and that there's a formula involved, or many formulas depending on the position. So that's why that's how they do it. Money man Singletary running back. Uh, I did not do running backs. If you are looking for running backs, you are not in the right video because uh, I don't see the Bills picking up a free agent running back unless it is Devin Singletary. He is hurt all the time. I, hey, his number is $2.5 million for a reason, right? Paris Campbell, $2.5 million a year. It's that for a reason. He's the cheapest guy in this list for a reason. I like Paris Campbell. Hey, I, I like him too. His numbers this year were solid. He was hurt a little bit this year. Imagine if he wasn't. That Diggs even had more drops than usual. Allen fine sometimes. I don't I don't want to see, but he's top tier. Okay. I'm not sure. I got confused in some of that. PFF was created for casual fans to embarrass themselves in fantasy football leagues. Cool story, bro. I am definitely not a casual fan. I just use their grades in there because sometimes they're helpful, which in, for receivers, it's really not that helpful. Now. The next, the next big thing is here. We got linemen, offensive linemen. Thoughts on Beasley coming back? Uh, I think that it's a good possibility. I would bring him back as my last receiver slot on the on the team. If you're going to carry six, he's your sixth receiver. Uh, if they bring back McKenzie, eh, I'd put Beasley over him. But for me. Khalil Shakir is my slot receiver next year. No ifs, ands, or maybes. It's Khalil Shakir, and then Beasley can back him up. We all know Davis can play in the slot or on the outside. Shakir can too. So you bring in another number two receiver. Davis kind of moves around as he, as he should, the way he was his first three years, which is where he looked the best. And you have Beasley as your backup slot, like your main backup slot. So you bring Crowder back, cut Isaiah. I'm with that 100%. Bring Crowder back and, and cut Isaiah McKenzie. Yep. Uh, sign Myers, draft a super speedster mid-round. Not a bad idea. I, I would not be angry with that decision. If that's what if that's the decision the Bills decided to go with, if the Bills decide to go wide receiver, right, in, in the middle rounds, but they bring in Jacoby Myers and then, you know, re-sign a Crowder, all for it. I wouldn't be mad at that one bit. But to me still, Khalil Shakir is my starting slot receiver. He showed too much promise. And in man-to-man coverage, he had the highest rate of becoming open of all the guys on our team. I know that. And I think I saw the graphic that said that that was the case for the entire league. When it was man-to-man coverage, his percentage of becoming open was highest. We need to use that man more. That young man needs to be on the field. 
whenever we have a slot guy out there, which is almost all the time. And he can block. And for a slot guy, he's six foot, 200 pounds. He's pretty big. Khalil Shakir needs to see the field more. Now, the next position group was offensive linemen. And we all know on the offensive line, Spencer Brown was out there as if he didn't have arms. And Roger Saffold was out there collecting a paycheck. That's basically what I saw on the field. There were plays where I saw Roger Saffold going out there and just missing the block entirely. And Josh having to correct for that. So with Josh Allen having to correct for that, there's – um, how do I say this? Uh, he can't dodge people from both sides. He can, but he doesn't need to be doing that. Let's see. How do you know I don't? <laughs> okay. Anyways. Uh so at our left, our right tackle and our left guard were the weak points on our offensive line. I went over this last time we had the show. Uh, I believe it was last week. And Spencer Brown, very, very low, uh, very poor blocking. People get around him way too easy. And it's not a, and it's not even always good guys. It's, it's Sometimes it's bums. And watching the, the film, Mr. Kung Fu Tuna, uh, our guy, Roger Saffold, would miss the interior defensive lineman a lot. It was bad. It was real bad. So be that as it may, we need a left guard and a right tackle badly. Now, this guy right here is most likely, definitely, out of our price range. $14.8 million per year. I like him. He's 6'8", 291, though. He's a little light. From Notre Dame, good player. Grades out PFF 71 overall. 65 uh, pass blocking, 73 run blocking. A run blocking right tackle is ideal, but he's also capable of uh, pass blocking. However, that price tag is going to be way out of range. It's way out of range. And you know what? I think that I would rather go guard and free agency if possible for the for this reason alone. Guards are just not as expensive as tackles. Tackles are expensive. They cost too much freaking money. So the next player... And the only other offensive lineman in my list, because the rest of them were Roger Saffold and other bums, is Eagles guard Isaac Seumalo. Six foot three, 303 pounds, Oregon State. Grades out very lovely from PFF, 75.2. Overall, 79.1 pass block. We need to protect Josh Allen. This guy would be... Either side guard, doesn't matter. If you want to move uh, Bates to the left side and then put this guy at right, I don't care. I don't care. We need another guard. And Bates can play both guard spots. We know that. If this guy is strictly a right guard, move Bates. If he's strictly a left guard, keep Bates where he's at. Bates I'm fine with. He graded up at a 62. So I'm good with Bates. Perfectly content with him. We need another eater in the middle. This guy right here, Silmalo. Fairly young talent. You can sign him long term. You can spread his money out and make sure that his cap hit isn't so crazy. Uh, average amount at 12, $12.1 million per year. But, yeah, this guy right here is a target for me. Again, Isaac Silmalo, I, I really like the prospects of bringing this guy in. We really need to shore up this offensive line. Josh Allen can't be running for his life every freaking play. 
it's not it's not you know it's not rocket science that we got to protect our guy so let morse go past june one and kick Bates to center to start save six million dollars but we'll incur dead cap money we could do that but morse is one of the better guard better centers in the nfl i would i wouldn't want to cut somebody who's only going to save me six million dollars when i pay them six million dollars to be here it's just not what i i wouldn't be doing that I'd, I'd keep mitch morse he's not so great a run blocker though he's a better pass blocker than a run blocker but that's what it is so i like mcglinchy i hope bills grab him six eight he, he is a beast so mcglinchy is a beast but that price grant he's fairly young too and you can spread that out um and you know brandon bean is a magician when it comes to the cap so we're dealing with that but yeah, it's um. That's not for me, you know. That's not for me to go out there and figure out. That's for Brandon Bean to do. So, if they go after him, cool. Um, if I'm the Niners, though, I don't know if I don't know if the Niners can afford him because they have Trent Williams on the other side. That's that's tough to pay like your whole O line. The Niners have a really good O line, but man, oh man. So we should trade for Mason from the Bucks. Um, we don't have a whole lot of draft capital. And I don't think that we have a lot of players that we're looking to trade that are going to be, you know, that valuable. Now we got what Epinesa and Boogie Basham that are willing to trade. I mean, if we tag and trade Tremaine Edmonds, then that could probably get him. But that's tough. So PFF rated at fifty-six to fifty-eight percent grading overall. Uh, who are you talking about here? Uh, you're talking about freaking. Um, Mitch Morse? I don't think so. When I was looking at Mitch Morse on PFF, he was in the 60s. Let's see. Mitch Morse. Mitch Morse, 61.4 overall, 67.1 passing grade, 57.3 run blocking grade. As I said, not a very good run blocker. Excellent pass blocker. Overall, 61.4. Not bad at all. I'd keep him around. And this guy right here. Cool. All right. Shaq Mason is a trade option. He may be a trade option, but I don't know what what they're going to be willing to give up for him or what they want in return for him. Let me, let me see what he looks like because he's not a free agent, so he was not on my list. Shaq Mason is a guard for the Bucks. Grades out pretty well. I mean, if they want to take Boogie Basham and Epines off our hands, I'll take them. Wouldn't mind that at all. Saffold, not a cap casualty. He's a free agent. Yeah, I, I had to mute that guy because he's just talking out his ass. He doesn't know what he's talking about. So it's all good. Sometimes you get somebody like that on your on your broadcast. Is what it is. You know, like, not everybody's gonna like me, and I'm not gonna like everybody. See, uh, we should try to move Oliver. This one I'm 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 back and forth on, right? I like Ed Oliver, uh, and I think Ed Oliver gets a gets a raw deal because people are like, we shouldn't have our, our the middle of our offensive line or defensive line uh, giving up so many run plays, right? But that's not who Ed Oliver is. Ed Oliver is not a one technique; he's a three technique. He is a penetrator. He is a guy who decimates the center in route to getting to the quarterback. He's not a guy who's going to stop the run, right? If you if you look honestly. He's good on run defense, right? PFF's got him at a 68.7 run defense, but he's not the guy who's going to eat your blocks, right? It's just not. 
He's too small for that. He's 290 pounds. Like, he's just not that guy. If you look at that Bengals game in the playoffs we played, we were missing Daquan Jones. Daquan Jones graded like a 73 overall. He was he's graded higher than Vita Vea, right? And everybody knows that big fat bastard is a run-stuffing machine. And our guy was out. And we didn't have another guy. We had Tim Settle, who graded like a 51. And we had freaking um, Jordan Phillips, who's been hurt all year. And he graded like a 52. Those guys, they got heart, but they don't have the technique. They just don't have the technique. And you need a guy who has the technique. Like, I'm not saying that that Daquan Jones doesn't have a heart. He has heart, but he's more of a level-headed guy. If you ever hear him talk and, and see how he interacts with his teammates, he's a level-headed dude. He's relaxed. He's chill. He's got skills, though. He has the skills to get the job done. Tim Settle and Jordan Phillips, they are both, like, barbarians. Not as much skills, however, way more heart. If you give me good skills and, you know, good heart, I'm taking that over great heart and no skills or poor skills. Just the way it is. Give me the skills. He just knows how to use his body. <sighs> to me, Tim Settle was a letdown. I thought he was going to be so much better than he was. I mean, next year's another year, and we'll see if he's still here. But I think that Daquan Jones missing was was really – the the key to that game against the Bengals and and it's unfortunate he wasn't there but anyways going on to the next position and we were just talking about at Oliver and the reason why I entertained it for so long is because the next position is defensive tackle defensive tackle is the next pick Dalvin Tomlinson of the Minnesota Vikings big fat blocker eater in the middle 42 tackles, 20 solo, two and a half sacks, three tackles for a loss, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery. PFF graded this guy out at 77.1 overall, 63.8 run D, 79 at, uh, in the rush, right? Overall, looking at 8.5 million per year, that's what they estimate. I'm not sure I see him getting that much money. Uh, we'll see. Somebody might over overpay uh, him, but I don't see that being us. If he's willing to take a good deal, and, you know, work in good faith, we run a rotation. He'd be a rotational one technique. So might be a little bit too expensive for us. Holding fates accountable. Uh, I think you're wrong here, too. We can definitely afford him because he's not very expensive. He's not expensive. I'm confident Bean will come up with cap space, but based on his track record, I'm not very confident his ability to pay the right O-lineman. So this is a fair take. However, he has not failed for lack of trying. And he he did sign Mitch Morse. He did sign Ryan Bates. Right? Offensive line is not easy. It's, it's, it's literally five guys who have to get along and understand each other and gel or whatever you want to call it, create that bond that is where you're thinking the way they're thinking and you guys don't even have to talk to communicate. You guys just know what the other guy's doing. That is um, what the offensive line is. It's not easy. It's not. I thought that he was going to be better for the Bills. Uh, you know, Saffold was going to be better for the Bills because him and Dion have that you know relationship. Uh, it didn't work out. So that's what it is. 
Bills need more offensive weapons. Yep. We 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 went over um went over receivers. Uh running back, I think we're we're gonna draft one. So that wouldn't be a uh, a free agent. I don't think there's any free agents we're looking after. Offense does win championships as well as defense. It is what it is. That's the Rams when they played the Patriots in the Super Bowl. They both win super they they both win championships. It's more of a styles win fights argument, right? Like the style of play that you have versus the style of play that your opponent has are really going to drastically change how the game goes. It's just the way it is. He did not fail for lack of trying. He failed for lack of scouting. Only person being scouted to a T was Josh Allen. Yeah, I'm not sure that's too fair either. But, you know, it's all good. Uh, Hefe Casey been saying that before the season ever started. Yeah. Y'all having a conversation now amongst yourselves. It's cool. Uh, I try and sort that out in my head so that way I'm not putting too much of that in the show. All right. So back to defensive tackles. Dalvin Tomlinson could be a guy who is rotational and fits the bill, so to speak. I like him, but, you know, there's another guy out there named Sheldon Rankins, who I actually like a little bit more, and his price tag looks a little lower. He's a bigger boy, I believe. I remember correctly, he was like 330 pounds, 44 tackles, 25 solo, three sacks, four tackles for a loss, one forced fumble, and zero fumble recoveries. We played the Jets this year. Like, we know what they're about. We know the Jets' defense is stout. Right? I'm, I'm going to put my face back up here now. We know what we went up against. Right, and they were a buzzsaw on defense. The Jets are literally a quarterback away from really being a challenge uh, for the division. The Jets are the team; they're the guys. They're the next up to be the rivalry within the AFC East. It's the Jets. It's not the Dolphins. It's not the Patriots. It's the freaking Jets. See, uh. Is he, I don't want to see no more videos they were making in the locker room. I agree. Oh, you're talking about the dancing on Instagram with Isaiah McKenzie and Taiwan Jones and Dane Jackson and, you know, yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. And the thing is, it, it wasn't even guys who were, like, superstars for the most part. Gabe showed up was like, all right, well, cool, I'm out. And Josh was like, all right, well, you guys have fun. It was all, like, the special teamers and then Isaiah McKenzie. Mm. See, Collins, it's a new NFL, yeah. It's it's not really a new NFL. It's been this way for years. You know, the offense wins championships unless you meet a buzzsaw of a defense with a solid offense. Then it's all bets are off. Like McVay's offense when he played against the Patriots and they held him to three points in that Super Bowl. It was, they lost, what, 10-3 to three or 13-3? to three? It was bad. Like, it can get rough. You have Patrick Mahomes, they had Jerry Goff, so there's a difference there, and I – Fully respect that, but that Patriots defense that year was nasty. Got to get some aggressive, hard hitters on D, and that's why I was saying Levante David, and that's why Sheldon Rankin is on my list. And back to that, we know what the Jets are about. The Jets are about that defense. They're about hitting. They're about smashing guys. They're they're about punishing quarterbacks. Like they they got Josh. They 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 tore up his UCL and his elbow. It's a thing. This is not some nonsense that's going on. 
hey, bro, I respect it. You know, everybody's got their thing. I, I respect it 100%. But um, if that excellent defense has a solid offense, yeah. See, I would re-up the off- offense free agency and get rookie wide receiver that can stretch the field. We have someone who can stretch the field. You just can't catch the freaking ball in Gabe Davis. No, 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 no. Rankins is Rankins is three hundred and thirty pounds. He, he he's a he's a one tech. He's a run stuff. He he can he can penetrate from where he's at. But from what I understand, he's a one tech. Then again, it's also hard going online looking for guys and looking to see if they're a three tech or a one tech. It's it's, it's kind of difficult to find. I believe me, I tried, but Sheldon Rankins personally is a guy that you can get in here for a fairly low number, decently graded out. Solid statistically, solid in his technique. He's a guy who I potentially would go after. And I only had two defensive tackles on here because defensive tackle is not that big a deal for us. We can go in the draft and get another big fat bastard later on in the draft. My first four picks are still offensive line, offensive line, running back, wide receiver. And that's why my man Hefe KC, I don't disagree with you technically. Because my first picks this year in draft, if it's me, are all offense. It's offensive line, running back, and wide receiver. End of story. So take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt. I'm not the I'm not the GM here. That's what that's the way I see it. So rankings is solid. I appreciate you know you agreeing with me a little bit there. The NFL looks like when Jordan was in the NBA, but could get past Jordan. I'm not sure what you're trying to say there, bro. You gotta you gotta you gotta looks like when Jordan was in the NBA. But could get couldn't get past Jordan. Like Jordan was trying to get past Jordan. Um, you gotta you you clarified couldn't instead of could. But I don't know, man. We are too soft in the trenches. This has to be fixed. Agreed. And that's why Sheldon Rankin is on my list. And that's why Mike McGlinchey was on my list for the offensive side, along with uh, Selmalo from the from the Eagles, Isaac Selmalo. So he's a backup to Daquan Jones. Yes, he would be a backup to Daquan. Not necessarily a backup. Because you know that our defense, line, that our defensive line rotates. Like Von Miller was only seeing sixty percent of the snaps most of the time. He just happened to get hurt on a freak play where Frank Ragnow was basically tossed on his on his ankle, and it, that tore his ACL. A very unfortunate play, but it is what it is. I'm trading Ed Oliver. Well, you are not the GM, and neither am I. So none of these things matter. But uh, I wouldn't trade Ed Oliver. He, he, to me, he's too valuable. Couldn't yep, already talk about that. I'm back. All right. Welcome back, uh, Jacob. So I only had two defensive tackles on here because the rest of them to me just weren't worth a damn when I looked at their numbers and all that good stuff. But yeah, rotational. So the starter would be Daquan Jones, and this guy would rotate in for him, you know, for his 45% of the snaps or whatever. No one does, Jacob. No one does. All right, so. Next player on the board, very familiar for us. Everybody here knows him. Everybody here loves him. Will he be back in Buffalo? Probably not. Is that a foregone conclusion? Probably not. It's Jordan Poyer, right? Jordan Poyer, all pro safety, pro bowl safety this year, 63 tackles, 44 solo tackles, no sacks. 
But he did have four tackles for a loss, which lets you know that he's good against the run. He had one forced fumble, and he had more than one INT. What the heck? He had four INTs. I must have typoed that one. My bad, guys. It's a typo. He had four INTs. Uh, his PFF grades, 75.4 overall. Rundy, 68.2 overall. So I guess that tackles for a loss thing, I was pretty accurate on that. Uh, pass rush, I don't care. He's a freaking safety, 59.4. Coverage skills, 76.2. Jordan Poyer, one of the best safeties in the NFL, uh, especially when he's in tandem with his boy Micah Hyde. Uh, no doubt about it, but he look that they're, they're saying he's going to command eleven point or eleven million dollars a year. I disagree with that, and here's why: he's a one-time All-Pro, and if I'm correct, he this was his first year getting the Pro Bowl. He's been snubbed every year in Buffalo since he got here for both those things until last year where he got the All-Pro, and this year when he got the Pro Bowl. He's 32 years old. He's going to be 33 here soon. And no one is paying $11 million to a 33-year-old safety. When Tyron Matthew left KC and went to New Orleans, he got $9.4 million per year, I believe it was. And he was an All-Pro multiple times and in the Pro Bowl multiple times. I don't see Jordan Poyer getting that big of a number. I don't see him getting paid that number. He's in a test-free agency, and I'm sure he'll give us a chance to match or get close. So is it over? No, I don't think it's over. And maybe they'll have some incentives laid in the contract for him. That's cool too. Um, as my man Roy Collins here says, Poyer wants to get paid. Unfortunately, it probably won't be with us. I hope he gets his bag somewhere. He's earned it. He has earned it. Uh, the thing is, he's he's older, and no one's going to give it to him because it's just not how it works. He's 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 too old. He might get nine a year. And that's maybe we're unwilling to pay him nine a year. Maybe that's above our pay grade for him. The thing is, if we don't have Poe, I don't necessarily know if I want Hyde. They are a tandem. They are the best safety tandem in the NFL. And we were missing them this year. We still won 13 games. But you cannot deny that we were missing Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier together. And we can't say that 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 Bengals game wouldn't be different if we had both of them. But we didn't. Hyde couldn't play. And if we had won that game, he probably could have played against the Chiefs. But he didn't play, and we lost. We got our asses kicked at home by the Bengals. It, it may be time to just blow up the safety position and start over at safety, which is a lot better than some teams because some teams have to blow up the whole team and figure it out from there. I love Jordan Poyer. He's got good numbers. But there are other safeties, and I have three, I believe, three more. Three more safeties whose numbers are kind of close. And doing the right gymnastics with the roster could benefit. See, if Power goes to Dolphins, uh, okay, if Poyer goes to Dolphins, I'll call him a traitor. You know, he's got to get his money, man. He's got to get his money. It's possible because they're losing they're losing safety, but I can't blame them. Oh yeah, no, you can't have Juju. LOL. I seen your thumbnail. Hey man, we'll see. That dude's that I personally I'd rather get Jacoby Myers. Honestly. I do like Juju, but um his his the number here they're looking at at fourteen point six million dollars a year. I don't think you guys are gonna want to pay that to him. But you guys might have to because you guys are also losing Miko Hardman. Unless he get, takes, you know, a, a friendly deal, which he got hurt, so he might have to. 
I don't want MVS. You can keep him. I had six. I had six receivers on this list, man. We'll go. We'll go elsewhere with that. We'll, we'll go after Alan Lazard or something. I don't want MVS. That dude drops more balls in puberty. I think y'all gonna resign Juju. I think they will too. Honestly, I think that Juju's gonna resign there. The, the chemistry with Patrick Mahomes developed over the season. I was impressed because beginning of the season, I was like, "What the hell is Juju doing? Like, he looks like a bum over there." And then the season progressed, and he put up 900 yards quietly, only three touchdowns. But we all know who the touchdown machine is in KC. It's freaking Travis Kelsey. He had a game this year. We had 25 yards and four touchdowns. I think it was four receptions. It was crazy. We all know who's getting the touchdowns there. This is how it is. That's how it's been. Even when when Tyreek was there, yeah, Tyreek was getting hill, you know, getting uh, touchdowns on deep passes. But when it came to like just regular run of the mill passes, it was freaking. Kelsey the whole time. It's always been. And it's probably always going to be until Kelsey retires. He's getting up there in age, but Kelsey's still got a few years left to go. And he's he's quite possibly the best tight end in NFL history. I'll say that. And agree, agree here. Juju is a great number two. He's a great number two receiver. Thing is, in KC, he's number two to Kelsey. But yeah, you guys, you guys really need to draft receivers because you guys are losing Miko Hardman. You have MVS for, I think, another year. Unless you sent it to a one-year deal. I don't remember how long it was. But you have MVS and Juju. You, you guys need to draft the receiver. That's the... God forbid Bijan Robinson falls to you guys in the first freaking round. <laughs> Golly, that would be scary as hell. Anyway. As you see, I don't really mind the Chiefs so much, right? Like the Chiefs don't the Chiefs the Chiefs don't bother me as a rival because they're clean, right? They're, they're like us. They're not a team full of assholes. They're a clean team. If I'm going to lose to somebody, I want to lose to somebody like that. I don't want to lose to, like, the Patriots. I want to lose to somebody who I can at least respect and know that they know we're coming for that ass, but we also know that they're there to guard the hill. Oh, you better stop that practice squad nonsense. I mean, I can't say that because we lost Isaiah Hodgins to the Giants, and he balled out over there, so, you know, maybe you're right, but no. You guys need to, you guys need to really get a, a, another receiver. Kelsey's only going to be there for so long, man. He's already what thirty three. Got to got to really got to look into that. Let me look at Travis Kelsey real quick. See how long he is before I figure out that I'm talking out of my ass. Travis Kelsey is thirty three. Yep, he's thirty three. I was exactly on target. Beside Morris, name uh, none of our all linemen fight for Josh and are aggressive. Uh, disagree. Uh, Deion Dawkins is also. A fighter for Josh, and he was our highest graded offensive lineman in PFF with an 80 score. And he, he's definitely far better at pass blocking than run blocking. So there's that. Um, Deion Dawkins and Mitch Morris were the, were the guys who fought for Josh the most. Um, Bates is an average lineman, he's getting paid average lineman money. That's fine. Uh, Deion is a top tier tackle, and uh, you know, he's getting paid, you know. Above average tackle money. He's not going to pay top tier money, but he's up there. And Morse is one of the better centers, you know, especially when it comes to pass blocking. Uh, not so good at run blocking, though. So with a full, healthy offseason, do you have faith in Spencer Brown? Possibly. I know he came off that back injury. So that's another reason why I'm willing to forego right tackle for left guard. I'm willing to forego the tackle spot for the guard because, first of all, right tackle is in Josh's view. He's right-handed, right? So that's why I was confused when the Dolphins picked up Taron Armstead. Like, we got to get a left tackle for Tua. Like, Tua's a lefty. 
That's not his blind side. His blind side is the right. But for him, everything is flipped. He's a left-handed quarterback. If you have a solid offensive line from left tackle to right guard, the right tackle kind of falls into place with a standard quarterback. As long as they're a good maul and run blocker, you're usually solid over there. That's usually what they are. Is that they're a mauler in a standard offense. Josh's big problem was somebody getting around the right side, which he could avoid that person fairly easily because Josh freaking Allen. But then fat bastard Roger Saffold, and I'm fat too, so don't take, don't take that personal, Roger. Fat bastard Roger Saffold just missing, not even seeing or just ignoring his assignment. And Josh getting obliterated because he has nowhere to go because someone's coming off the edge and down the middle. It's unacceptable. The left guard is more important to me in this offense, especially since it gives you the ability to run the ball, which is what Saffold was supposed to bring, but he missed all these blocks. The full, healthy offseason, do you have faith Spencer Brown will be better? Yeah, I think he could be. We'll see. If Poirier goes to Dolphins, I will call him a I think I read that one already. Say we need run blocking as well. If we can't run, we can't throw. Most times that's that's correct. Most times that's correct, and that's why the left guard is is where I'm going, you know, to go. If I can get Isaac Silmalo, give it, get go get him, go get him immediately. He he would be my number one priority in free agency, and everything else can fall on the line in the uh, in the draft if need be. Just where I'm at. All right, so next player, because I, I have three more players to go through. Jordan Poirier was my first safety. Um, I was actually surprised at the amount of good safeties on the board that – or not, not on the board, but on the uh, free agent market. Both of the safeties from the uh, from the Bengals are out there. The Dolphins have a safety out there. Most of these guys suck, though, right? Not the guys from the Bengals. Both, both the guys in the Bengals are awesome. Bates is – out of our price range, though. Jesse Bates is out of our price range. He's, he's the highest paid safety in the NFL after this offseason. That, that, you can wrap that up, do whatever, put it under the tree for next year. I'm telling you Jesse Bates is going to be the highest paid safety in the NFL after this offseason. But this guy. This guy right here. Jimmy Ward of the San Francisco 49ers. 50 tackles. 38 solo tackles. No sacks. One tackle for loss. One forced fumble. Zero fumble recoveries. Three interceptions. PFF graded this kid 76.1 overall. Run defensive grade 91.8. Gimme, 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 gimme. Pass rush 62.6. I don't care. 69.3 coverage grade. This right here might be the guy, guys. This guy right here might be the guy. The overall, Izzy, what's your number one need for this team, position, or player? Uh, position is I, I, left guard honestly he's left guard left guard makes us able to run the ball that means james cook james cook gets going that means josh allen can play play action opens up the receivers more opens up josh's running lanes more if he needs to run at all and we all saw james cook surprisingly running up the middle wasn't bad this year when saffold was able to get to his assignment james cook was able to do it right down the pipe so to me it's left guard Yo, Izzy, how would you feel about the Bills trading Ed Oliver and moving Greg Russo to three-tech? Let him bulk. No, no, no. He's way too tall for that. 
Greg Rousseau's six foot seven. He's way, way too tall for that. If you're going to move anybody inside, be Boogie Basham. He's like 282 pounds and like 6'2". He'd be the guy you move on the inside. But Ed Oliver is a different type of wrecking machine. I, I would keep Ed Oliver. I would just shore up my one technique spot to make sure that when my when my other guy goes down, Ed Oliver is not the guy getting the double teams. He needs to be the guy who's not getting double teamed. That's the problem. And that's the problem. That's the one problem with this defense that bugs me is that on the defensive line, everything is too definitive. If you look at linebackers, the safeties, the corners, everything's fluid back there. But that makes it makes their offense, their defensive line have to be more rigid. Like this is so definitive. You have your pass rushers. You have your your guy who, clo- who closes the edge on the other side. Then you have your one tech and your three tech, and they are not interchangeable. They're just not interchangeable. The run D score inflated by Niners dominant D line. Amen. That that's definitely possible. Definitely possible. But what it also tells me is that this guy can get there. Can get there. Now, be inflated to a 91, inflated from what? A 70? Still awesome. Still an awesome, awesome thing. If if it's if it's 21 points below that, it's still awesome at 70. That's still a solid player. I'm still taking it. Jimmy Ward is from my city, Mobile, Alabama. Great kid. Look, I, I've actually watched him for a while because I, I played safety in high school. He's not the best safety in the NFL. Like, he's, he's probably not even top five, but the kid is a good player, and he's a good team player from what I've seen. Never heard anybody say anything bad, and he's a captain. I'm just noticing that now. So, yeah, Jimmy Ward is a potential Poyer replacement. If you're not willing to pay Poyer $11 million, I'd definitely give Jimmy six or seven. You can give him eight a year or seven a year and spread it out. Yeah, that's definitely doable. I I would take it. Next one is Von Bell of the Bengals. Now, his cap number is a little higher than Jimmy's. It's a little lower than Poyer's. Makes sense. 77 tackles, 53 solo, one sack, four tackles for a loss, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, and four interceptions, which ties in with Poyer with the interceptions. His grades are not as high. As a safety, I don't think he was asked to do as much because Jesse Bates was the other freaking safety. And Jesse Bates is a dominant safety. 66.3 overall, 63.6 running D, 65.2 rush grade, you know, pass rushing, and 65% coverage grade. To me, he's not worth the $9.7 million. This is the one I would avoid. I do like the player. If, you're really, if, he's, if he's willing to take $6 million, he could be the guy. He could be the guy. Sign to a three-year, twenty-one million dollar deal, definitely possible. But I would, I would actually try and, if I'm doing that, I'm trying to sign Poyer to a four-year, you know, thirty thirty million dollar deal with incentives. You know, I, I can give that extra money to Poyer to stick around. Poyer's, Poyer's thirty-two, right? Safeties last a little longer in their careers. Plus, you you know you load up the last couple of years with uh, or you you load up the the, the front years with all the um, bonuses. You can cut them in the last year. You know, or he can retire. It's fine. But if it's me, I, I'd go with uh, Ward or Poyer at this point, looking at these two guys, um, especially with the coverage grades. But Von Bell is a, is, is a hell of a safety. His Bengals, Jack. Yeah, you know, I, I feel you, Jake. I feel you, Jacob. The Bengals are a bunch of jerks. I, yeah, no, 
so Eli Apple's a jerk. Most of the Bengals players weren't in on that. Um, that's just Eli Apple being the you know the jerk that he is. That's fine. Eli Apple can do that. He sucks anyway. He's, he's he's only as good as he is in Cincinnati because the two safeties they had in Bates and uh, and Von Bell. So yeah, he he had he had backup the whole time, and then the Chiefs still burnt him up. So it is what it is. Now. The first player we talked about that wasn't a practice squad guy from the Chiefs coming over to the Bills was linebacker Tremaine Edmonds. And his cap number was 11 a year. That's what that's what they say it is. It's actually going to be 15 a year. It's not going to be 11 a year. Uh, unless, right, unless he has some sort of incentive to stick around and take a little less to be with the Bills. Right, I see you here with the OBJ. Uh, I talked about him earlier in, in the show. I don't think he's going to be a long-term guy for the Bills or most teams. He's not going to get what he's looking for, and so if he's willing to take a team-friendly deal, sure. But I don't see it happening. Uh, I looked at CJ Garner Johnson. His value is way up there too. His value is way up there. It's like fourteen million dollars a year. Him and Jesse Bates are going to be the two highest-paid safeties after this year. There's no way in hell we're getting Derrick Henry, Jacob. I'm sorry. He's 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 he is signed with the, the Titans, and he's the one player they're not going to give up, which is weird because he's a running back, but he's also like a 260-pound running back who's also super fast and can catch the ball. Derrick Henry's not going anywhere. But I was talking about incentives for Tremaine Edmonds to remain with the Bills, right? And hear me out, guys, because this is, this is where things take kind of a turn for – fanhood and you know family ties and such it's terrell edmonds it's terrell edmonds now allow me to explain this whole thing look at the numbers 70 tackles 41 solo two sacks three tackles for a loss however the splash plays with terrell edmonds are missing he doesn't force fumbles he doesn't recover fumbles and he doesn't pick the ball off right and kind of a problem it's kind of a problem, right? But signing his brother to safety to replace Jordan Poyer would kind of shore up the mental with Tremaine Edmonds being a bill. It also kind of ties in with Micah Hyde if he wanted to stay with Terrell Edmonds because Terrell or, or Hyde and Edmonds have a, a, a relationship here in Buffalo, right? So. Tremaine and Micah have a relationship. We lose Poyer, but we sign Tremaine's brother, who I'm sure has hung out with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer in the past for less money than than Jordan Poyer. Half of what Jordan Poyer is looking for at $11 million, 5.4 for Terrell. You could probably get Terrell to sign a, a four-year deal for $20 million, even a $5 million a year. And then Tremaine takes a discount, gives you a little discount, right? To, to the $11 million or to $12 million. You can spread that out because they're both very young players. They both played together in college, giving you a pair of players that knows each other, that trust each other, and are literally brothers. Now their parents don't have to wear opposite jerseys on game days. And you get a solid safety. PFF grade, 69.1 overall. Yeah, 63.4 in the run defense, which is a solid grade. 
77.2 rushing, meaning that when they blitz him off the edge, he creates pressure. He doesn't necessarily get the sacks. He got two this year, but he gets the pressure off the edge. Coverage grade, 68.0. That's a solid safety, and for that money, you can't beat it. Now, you give him McDermott as a coach, and now we're speaking you know, speaking some uh, some some defensive back training here. We're, we're talking about a guy coming in and learning the position from a guy who played the position. And having a Micah Hyde next to him. And having his brother, his actual brother, to train him up on the defensive scheme. To me, that is a win, win, win. You get an inexpensive safety who then lowers the price of your linebacker and then gets to learn all the time because they're related, literally related, and probably together all the freaking time. Normally, I'm not for, you know, having family members on the same team. It's a little weird, you know. But when you're talking about on defense, and they've played together before on the same defense, I think I think some magic could happen there. I think that this really could be the guy that makes it. Let's see. My man Dave. Welcome to the show, Dave. You could have been on here. You could have just jumped in and said it, man. Come on now. You just jump in. I know I've been riffing here, but, you know, dang. But uh, Edmonds isn't going anywhere. If we sign Terrell Edmonds, I'm with you. If we sign Terrell, my favorite linebacker to go after is Levante David. I think that you should go for the experience. But you bring in Terrell, you save some money on both ends. Yeah, I'm cool with that. You give Terrell a four-year, $20 million deal or a five-year, $30 million deal. You give Tremaine his five-year deal since, you know, that'll take him to age 29 after five years already in the NFL. Jesus Christ, it's crazy. It's crazy to freaking think about. And then you shore up those two positions, and then the draft becomes way easier, right? You're like, I don't need a linebacker. I don't need safety now. And then you can still go after that guard and still have $9 million left over after possibly because of the way you structure the contracts. That's average per year. And we only need seven or eight million dollars for our draft picks. Not to mention you're probably going to trade an AJ Epinesa, maybe a Boogie Basham. You're probably going to trade away, you know, someone in the offense. I don't know who. Uh there's different guys you can go. You can you can flat out cut Hines, who I don't think they could do. They're not they're gonna do. They could restructure him too and then cut him after. None of his money is guaranteed. So you could just restructure him now. Cut him a check for $2 million, and then that's it. Aaron Aaron Rodgers, a backup quarterback. I'm not sure what you're saying. Uh, let's just hope we get Levante David. Hey, I'm, I'm with Levante David train all the way. Um, but if you see Terrell Edmonds get signed by the Bills, rest assured, Tremaine is probably sticking with the Bills too. See, Matthew Menz, let's hope then. <laughs> Stevie franchise, I think is better. And Hines. Yeah, so like I was saying with Hines, they can restructure him. They can bring him back on a lower number cap hit this year and then, you know, keep him the next year or cut him the next year. It doesn't matter because uh, none of his money is guaranteed. So there's literally no dead cap hit if you cut Naeem Hines. When we traded for him, they had already paid all his money. So none of that, none of that even matters. So draft picks will be under three $3 million. The only count. They only count the top 51 until the season starts. Then they count the 53. So that top 51 
stops after the preseason. Once you go to fifty, once once you go to the fifty-three man roster, then all fifty-three count. So that's true until it's not. Alexandra Rocha, yes, 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 great job. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, the I think that there are different moves that the Bills can do. They have options, right? They're, they're not they're not locked into any one thing. But like, if they sign, you know, Isaac. Seumala or Seumala, Seumala, yeah, Seumala. If they if they sign him, then it's going to limit everything else they can do. It's going to limit everything else they can do. So then you're looking at you go after the safety and linebacker. You can do those three, but that's it. Then everybody else you sign is a low budget guy that is not going to count towards the 51 until you figure it out later. Uh, my personal favorite would be if they could sign Levante David and then find a way to get Jimmy Ward. And then you draft the two linemen, like I said, unless you can get uh, my man from the Eagles for cheaper. I'm, I'm from, I know I'm screwing up his name. Let me pull it up so I can read it. I can read it better than I can just spit it out from the top of my head. Look at that flowing hair. Seumalo. There we go. Seumalo. Isaac Seumalo. He's one of my he's one of my favorite guys to pick up. You could probably technically still get him, Levante David and Jimmy Ward, and then freaking uh, create more cap space by either cutting or trading some of these other guys like a Tim Settle and uh, a freaking AJ Panessa. You can get rid of a uh, Dane Jackson. You know he can go. I, I like Dane, but I don't like him that much. Um, I think at corner, we're pretty set. We have, you know, Trey White. That's why I didn't include corner in this list. Trey White, Kyrie Ilum, Christian Benford. Uh, we have Dane Jackson still. Uh, we still have Cam Lewis. We have, uh, Taron Johnson as a slot. Like we have guys and we can draft guys later in the draft as they proved this year. They can draft guys later in the draft for depth. They don't have to, they don't have to keep doing this whole bring somebody back or, or you know, whatever it is. The Bills draft corner is just fine, so we can roll with that. Save over $2 million by cutting McKenzie. Yeah. And if it's me, I'm cutting McKenzie. Yeah, I'm dropping him. I'm dropping him like a bag of potatoes. My my top receivers on a team right now, the top three, is Davis, Diggs, and uh, Shakir. I am not taking playing time away from Khalil Shakir. He gets open. He's a natural route runner. He is a big body for a slot, six foot. And he's wide. He's like 200 pounds. He's not a small slot. And he's fast at 4-4-2. So you got a 4-4-2 guy who can run routes, who can catch the ball in coverage. Like, he can catch the ball in a crowd. Saw him do it this year. He had three defenders on him. I think against Pittsburgh when he, when he caught a pass right down the middle. Khalil Shakir is my slot guy. No if ands, or maybes. People are like, bring Crowder back. Okay, yeah, as the backup slot. Sure. Cool. Return kicks. Sure. Cool. To be my starting slot? No, he's injured too much. He's injured too much. Give me Khalil Shakir as my slot guy. Diggs is my number one. I bring in either a draft pick or I bring in a Juju or a Jacoby Myers. Wouldn't be bad. Or, uh, you know, Paris Campbell, you know, to, to compete. But it, Davis is either going to be your number two or your number four. 
but I'm cutting McKenzie. He's, he's a gadget guy. Unless you can cut him and then bring him back at a super low number, that's fine. But I'm not. I'm not sticking with Isaiah McKenzie. He's he's got to go. He's got to go. Now, um, let me see. Uh, I am going to send a link to my buddy Jacob here, who's been asking to be on the show, and I'm going to let him ask me three questions. Jacob, it is in your Facebook Messenger. I'll give you a few minutes to try and get on because I'm still going to talk more about the team. But it's in your it's in your Messenger. Juju, hell no! Stop it! Stop it! That dude, that dude's he 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 caught more than seventy percent of the balls thrown his way. Nine hundred yards, yeah, seventy eight catches. No, I'll take Juju. Get rid of McKenzie. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you there. We agree that one. 100%. What are we doing with Naeem Hines? Okay. So I was talking about this already. We can restructure him, keep him this year, and then cut him next year. Or we can straight up cut him. Straight up cutting him saves us like $5 million or $4.something million. So, yeah, I'd be – I'd look at – um. I'd cut McKenzie. I'm with you there. But we, if we cut Hines, we only have one running back on the roster. That's unacceptable. Now, if we're sitting there in the first round and B. John Robinson falls to us, I'm drafting B. John Robinson. I don't care what anybody says. If he's there first round and we're and we're on the board at 27, that is a generational running back, and he will be devalued in the draft because he is a running back. Now, that 27th pick is damn near second-round pick. I'm taking the running back. Right. How many of us are like, we should have drafted Brees Hall? Yeah. Bijan's better than Brees Hall. Bijan Robinson's better than Brees Hall. It's not close. I saw him live this year in Texas. I actually flew to Texas to, to, to be with one of my buddies. I wore a Bills hat and a Texas Longhorn shirt. Was walking around. If Bijan is there at 27, you draft Bijan. You draft Bijan so that the Chiefs can't. You don't let him fall to Kansas City. Hell no. No, 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 no. I keep Hines. If Bijan falls to me, I draft Bijan. Bijan's my workhorse back. James Cook is my utility back. Hines is my pass catching back. Or uh, Hines or Cook would be my speed back. My every down back, if 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 I need four yards. It's gonna be Bijan Robinson, but you know the guy. You know our guys like to rotate anyway, right? They like to rotate him anyway. So you have your hard hitter in Bijan, you have your quick guy in James Cook, then you have Hines, who is the backup and the kick returner. Yeah, all day every day. Bijan Robinson, unless the best guard in the draft falls and we don't have one by then, like if we don't pick up Silmalo. And you know, there's a guard there, then yeah, I'm drafting Bijan. If we do get Silmalo, done deal. <laughs> done deal. Give me that guy. Bijan Robinson is a monster. He is a freaking monster. Now, let's say he's gone before we get there, right? Let's say some team is intelligent enough to recognize the next level talent that Bijan Robinson is, right? 
I go and I draft a, a tackle or I draft a wide receiver, and then I get a, a running back later on. All right, my my buddy Jacob's here. How 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 are you? I'm doing good, Jacob. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. No worries. I need three questions from you, Jacob. Mm-hmm. How how would you how would you rate the bills? How would you huh? rate the bills for next year? How would I how would I rate them? Yeah. Uh, so I say the bills have work to do, but it's doable. Uh, as of right now, roster and all everything considered, we're a B. Mm-hmm. My, my my second question is is. Is, do you think should we have Aaron Rodgers as a backup? I, I don't think that's possible. Aaron Rodgers is never going to be a backup in his whole life. He's never going to be a backup. My, my third and final question is: Is do, should we should we give should we give um the office coordinator office coordinator or Ken Dorsey another chance? Uh, yes, I think that Ken Dorsey is very young. He's only had one year as an offensive coordinator. This is his first year. He's got a lot to learn, but he's still at a top five offense. Thank, thank, thank you. No problem. Thanks for coming on, Jacob. You want time to eat? Time for my dinner. All right. Go eat, man. That is Jacob. He's a, he's a good kid. He's 18 uh, from Western New York. And, uh, Got to, got to, got to help the youngins figure out football, man. You know, the young guys got to, you know, really need help doing this stuff. So yeah. So my man says draft Jameer Gibbs, running back from Alabama. So if, again, depending how everything plays out, right? Because everything's got to play out, right? So let's say we do the Tremaine and the Terrell Edmonds thing. We got them. We get the uh, the right guard or left guard from the Eagles and Silmalu or Silmalo. And B. John Robinson is not there. I like Jameer Gibbs, but to me, he's a second-round pick. To me, he's a second-round pick. If one of those top five receivers is there, I'm going after them. Uh, if not, then it's either the tackle or I trade out of that round and try and get into early second round so I can go get a Gibbs. Uh, I wouldn't go a first-round picks with Jameer Gibbs, but – I do like him. He is very talented. Another running back I like is Sean Tucker from Syracuse. I'm a Syracuse fan, so I might be a little bit of a homer. But in watching him play, he plays fast. He can catch the ball. He can hit. Sean Tucker from Syracuse is another good running back, I think, that you can get. And I think he's going to be available in the fourth and fifth rounds. So that lets you wait a little longer if there's a guy that you have to have. Like if if if, if the best tackle in the draft, the best right tackle in the draft falls to you there, or the best wide receiver somehow falls 27 and you have to take him then you take him like you you, you got to do it right there's, there's no way around that but if not i would trade back to that second round and go get that running back from bama i do like him a lot like him a lot Whew, lord have mercy now quarterback is another one too right because we, we're losing A.J. McCarron, most likely. A.J. McCarron's a free agent. Not A.J. McCarron. I watched the XFL today. My, my brain's all discombobulated. Um, 
wow, his name is gone from my brain right now. Case Keenum. Case Keenum's a free agent this year. Right? He's, he's out the door. Wrap that up. He's probably going to be too, too expensive. I think he got paid, what, $10 million last year or something like that? Most of that was paid by Cleveland in the trade, I believe. Let me see. Case Keenum contract. And he is going to be pretty much in, in demand. His last deal was three, three years, $18 million, so... Roughly $6 million he got paid. We don't have that for a backup quarterback. We may see a quarterback get drafted later in the draft, or we may go after somebody like a Mason Rudolph or my man Roy Collins in the, in the comments says Trubisky. Uh, that's if the Steelers cut him, they may keep him as a, as a backup. Man, he's, he's still got one more year under, the, under that deal. But Keenum's probably out of here. And it's going to be hard to, to get a backup I think traditionally through free agency, we do have Matt Barkley who knows the scheme and he can, he can hold it down for a couple days, you know, but it's hard to say, you know, like who's, who's going to be the backup quarterback. That's that, that question is going to be very difficult. Um, it, hell, it could be Baker Mayfield for all we know. So we'll see. Will Cole be back this year? It's very possible. So I already said who my top three receivers in the team are. That's Gabe. It's, Shakir, it's Diggs. All the other spots are up for grabs. McKenzie, gone. Um, Beasley's no longer on the contract. Kumaro's no longer contract. Um, Jamison Crowder is no longer on the contract. So it's we have four guys on the contract right now who were on the main roster this past year. Right? Anybody in the practice squad, I'm not counting them because no one cares, right? Unless Hodgins was still there, then we'd probably care at this point. But he's probably going to be signed with the Giants. Beasley, in my opinion, should be back. You bring him back. I bring I bring him back over Crowder because Beasley's not hurt like Crowder is. Crowder's hurt every year. Beasley, even when he's hurt with a broken leg, still plays the game. Still plays and plays well. So, yeah, I'd bring BZ back. I'd give him one more year, and then you got to ride off into the sunset, bro. Like, we, we give you one more year. You can help teach the young kid in Khalil Shakir. You can get some reps in there. It's third and three. We'll put you in there. You get this little first down. That, that, that's what it's going to be. But, yeah, I'd bring him back, and he'd be like the last receiver on my roster. The backup QB will be somebody we're not even thinking about. I agree, but it's still a question. It's still a question. How do you feel about Knox at tight end? Uh, I like Dawson Knox. He had kind of a down year. Uh, and, you know, he had he had his reasons. You know, his brother passed away. And I'm sure for, like, at least a month or two, this kid was just wrenching away at his head. Of, you know, how could this freaking happen? My brother died. It's, 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 not, it's not something that's easy to deal with. My best friend died in 2019. He died on the... On the anniversary of the day I joined the army, and he was my best friend in the army. Right, so like there's all these weird correlations that's going on in my head. Like that's my basic active service date, and he died on that day, five years after I got out the service. What the hell? Like it's it's really something that I put my I put myself through it, and it was it was hard, right? 
I could only imagine if it was my brother, like my biological brother. It, it, it would it would break me. It would break me. Erica, I agree 100%. Uh, I'm guessing it's towards the Beasley thing because I think the comment's been there for a minute. See, Cole could be back, but I would save him until November 17th game. It's too long a season. Hope guys in their 30s can avoid injury. I don't think he, he wouldn't be the starter. He would be the backup slot guy. He would see some time, but he wouldn't be the, ma- the main guy. It would be Khalil Shakir, in my opinion. And then if something happened to Shakir, you have a guy that Josh knows is reliable. I think Cole can come back. It's okay. It's been it's been it's been just over three years since my my best friend passed away. But it's it was difficult. And Dawson Knox, he went through that right as the season started, and then that's just a couple of months after the shooting in Buffalo. Like the whole team's been through so much, and then his brother dies, and you, you just know you just know he was hurting. Like it, it's it's not it's not easy to deal with, and I think that really took a lot out of him this year. So I think we should get a better tight end too. Uh, actually, I like Morris. Morris, as the season went on, got better and better. I might bring in another tight end, and I'm definitely getting rid of Tommy Sweeney. He's out the door. And I might draft one in the sixth or seventh round, you know, depending on what picks we get for trading who, or if, you know, there's a free agent out there that are like, hey, you know, let's go ahead and pick up this guy, you know, just to have on the roster and, and see how he can do and if he fits the room and can help out. But I like when Morris, man. I do like Quentin Morris. I like me some Quentin Morris. So I think we should cut Devin Singletary. Yeah, he's he's already off. He's no he's no longer under contract. Uh, the only thing we can do to him is sign him if we uh, if we wanted to bring him back. Um, I don't know if I see that happening. It really depends on what they're prioritizing free agency, and if what I listed here today takes precedence over that, then I can see him you know going to another team. Uh, he's definitely a solid running back. He averages about five yards per carry, but he's not a workhorse or a bell cow. He's a good shifty back. He's like he's like a poor poor man's Sean McCoy. We knew that when we drafted him because that's what he was from the beginning. Um, but I think that I think the Devin Singletary will find another home, and you know, good good for him. You know, he's he's a solid running back, and he'll always have a place in the NFL. I believe. If you ask me, he's always gonna have a place in the NFL. Last thing on Cole, he does not drop the ball. No. No, he doesn't. Cole Beasley is the ultimate professional when it comes to using them hands. He is he is, he is a beast catching the ball. And here we go. Yeah, I like Morris. Pretty solid if he can be a better blocker. I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I, I would roll with him as t- tight end two until you find a better option. I don't know if I would necessarily go seeking a better option. Uh, to me, tight end isn't really a position of priority on the team like that. Plus, you still have Gilliam as well. So Gilliam is that tight end fullback hybrid that we have. Who's like six foot one, and like two hundred and thirty pounds, and he catches the ball well. So we have we have options there. Said so roll Quinn Morris t- tight end too. You know, there you go. Said so Diggs, inconsistent Davis, and Khalil versus Chase Higgins and Boyd. I don't know about that but 17 can make it work. I think there's more to it than that. There's more to it than that. I don't know what the deal with Davis was this year. He never really has had a high uh, completion percentage or reception percentage. The highest he had in his career was like 56% of balls thrown in him was, were caught. His big thing was he makes the spectacular catches. He makes the ones you're like, ooh, ah, toes in, 
crazy catch, one hand. He makes those catches, but then it's like he's in coverage. He gets two hands on the ball. The defender doesn't slap it out, and he just drops the ball. And it's like, dude, how are you making this one-handed catch, but you can't can't catch it like the standard way? Catch the freaking ball. You got that's like your only job once you run your route. Once you run the route, that's it. He and he's a good route runner. He's a very good route runner. But once that's done, you have one job. Do your freaking job. Didn't see enough out of Q Morris to make me feel good about him next season. I did. I did. I like him. I'm not saying he has to be my number two. But I feel good about him next year. If they if if they find somebody out there who they like and want to bring in, cool. Like if they if they see Jacob Hollister out there and they want to bring him on the team, cool. But I don't think tight end is something that we particularly prioritize. Draft the tight end, end of day three. And that's that's definitely a possibility right there. It's a possibility, and a lot of times those tight ends get drafted late, end up really good. I think too sure, but maybe cut digs and get a lot of money in players like Tyreek. I think you mean trade digs because you, you're not going to get There's no way the Bills are going to cut digs. It's not happening. First of all, the dead cap would be ridiculous because he signed a four year, $96 million deal, $96 million extension that has him in the top paid receivers in the NFL. So he's not, he's not going anywhere unless someone throws everything at us for like if we get two first round picks and a player. Could happen, but I don't see it happening. See, we need to draft Gabe Davis replacement. Gabe Davis is overrated and not reliable. I would say he's not reliable. I wouldn't say he's overrated because with the ball in his hand, Gabe Davis is electric. However, getting the ball in his hands is difficult when he can't when he doesn't catch the ball. So we'll see. Stefan Diggs should request a trade and go. Ah, uh, eh, no. Your name is comedian Mo Brown for a reason. Uh, if they did trade him and he didn't request a trade or, or if he did request it and they did trade him, I would say that it was a ridiculous move on his part to, to ask for it. But if they were to get a haul for him, that's the only way it's going to happen. They're going to have to get a haul. They're going to have to get two first-round picks in a player or two firsts in a third or something like that. He's he's too valuable. Gabe is a very good number three. Asking him to be a number two was not his fault. That's true. But he did earn it and he did ask for it. You know, in the offseason, he had that video where he was training and he's saying, you know, I'm ready to take the step. And, you know, it's not his fault for saying he's ready to take the step. You know, he should be saying that. That's what you should be doing is progressing in your career and believing in yourself and you know, having some sort of understanding for what comes with that. And I think he had all those those qualities. He just didn't produce on the field the way he wanted to. Granted, he did put up over 800 yards and seven touchdowns with 48 catches, but he he dropped a lot of balls. Diggs has a huge dead cap. Yeah, he's a huge dead cap. Like, if they were to cut Diggs, I can actually pull that up on the uh, on the thing up here on the screen. Let me see. Um, uh, spot track. But I've been out here for an hour and forty minutes, and and going and it's whatever. I'll do the show for three hours if need be. I don't care. Uh, we're, I'm having some fun right now. This is actually very very fun. I know what you meant, Eric. It was just like when I saw it, I was like, I think she means trade, but you know, 
So you can't trade Diggs either. His dead cap money is so dead cap money is not like in Madden, right? In Madden, we'd have to pay his whole dead cap, but you can actually negotiate with the team you're trading him to to take that money on. It's all about the terms of the trade, right? Like if you're playing Madden, and I'm not trying to insult you with this, if you're playing Madden, there is no negotiating the terms with how much money you take versus how much money I take. It's like when the Browns traded Baker Mayfield to the Panthers this year and the Panthers were like, sure, we'll take him. We'll give you this fifth-round pick, but you're going to eat most of that money because he's on the fifth-year option and it's fully guaranteed. You're going to have to eat most of that money, and they did. They negotiated that within the trade. We might trade Gabe and get Mike Evans. I saw that. Um, I don't know how much truth is to that. Um, I wouldn't be mad at that because that means that we're we're trying to win now. Diggs has an almost $12 million cap hit even if traded. It depends, again, on the terms of the, of the trade. Also, if you trade him and you get a first-round pick, you draft somebody in the first round, you're cutting that down tremendously, even still just based on the numbers. Uh, I use spot track personally. Let me see. Uh, NFL uh contracts uh Stefan Diggs every everything everything within a a contract and a trade can be negotiated and changed and altered as long as both parties are into it and are fine with it then it can be it can be altered so Diggs has to stay then bring in a fast talk Tall receiver with dreads. Then you are funny. I, 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 are you talking about the guy from a uh, TCU? Um, I forget his name, uh, but I was watching a video earlier today. Steve Smith was talking about him, and Steve Smith was like, "He's got the talent, but he doesn't use his techniques." But I do like the kid from TCU. Uh, Qu- I think it's Quentin Johnson or something. Like that. But he's he's got to work on them hands. He's got to work on his. His, his high-pointing ability. He's got to work on getting up there to get the ball. So we need more players with dreads, period. <laughs> I like it, man. I like it. If we get Terrell Edmonds, that'll be another one, I think. Mike Evans and Diggs would be a crazy duel. It would be absolutely bonkers. Oh, Diggs, sorry, you're covered. Just lob it up there to Mike. Go get it, Mike. Chase Ed Oliver over DK Metcalf. Or chose Ed Oliver over DK Metcalf. That's almost a durable offense. I don't know what you mean, durable offense, but no, it's not because DK Metcalf, he's all right. He burst on the scene, but DK Metcalf, what were his numbers this year? Let's see. I didn't see anything out of him that impressed me this year. Ninety catches, a thousand yards, six touchdowns. Gabe Davis had more touchdowns than him. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I, I disagree with that. Plus, DK was a second-round pick. The fireball offense is choosing Cody Ford over DK Metcalf. That's where you should be focusing that. Ed Oliver, first-round pick, definitely. He's played up to that. He's going to play better than that, but he's played up to that. Cody Ford, however, drafting Cody Ford instead of DK Metcalf is what it feels like when the Bills draft Torrell Troop over Gronkowski. It's, yeah. But 
I don't think it's a fireable offense, no. People people miss on players, man. It happens. Do you think Von Miller will be ready? Yes, I do. He got hurt earlier enough in the season to where he should be able to recover. He's also a freak athlete. And, you know, that's a that's a guy who's who, who's hungry. He wants to win another Super Bowl. And you know what? I want him to win it with us. We chose Cody Ford over DK. Yep, that's what I was talking about. The comedian Bean chose Ford. Okay, you guys are all roasting him now. So would love Terrell Evans. I would too. I, if if it means that getting him at the rate that he looks like he should be signed at, and then that bringing Tremaine Evans' number down and allowing us to keep Tremaine, bring his brother on, and have a safety who's played well. I showed it earlier in the in the video. I'll pull it back up. I still have the uh, the picture here. If I go to Terrell Edmonds, his numbers were comparable to Jordan Poyer. They weren't as good, but they're comparable to Jordan Poyer. He doesn't have the four INTs. He doesn't have to tackle the 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 uh, forced fumbles and the fumble recoveries. He does have the tackles for loss. He has more sacks than Jordan Poyer, more tackles and more solo tackles. However, the 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 big plays matter, and he doesn't he doesn't have those. But graded overall. Terrell Evans, for the money, is better bang for the buck. In my opinion, bang for the buck, especially if he helps bring down Tremaine Evans' number, makes way more sense. Let's see what else we got here. We need big OL and big OG. So the big OG is what we need, offensive guard, right, which is offensive line. Uh, we could use a tackle too, maybe. Uh, with, I think they're going to give Spencer Brown one more chance because this past year he had back surgery and then he played for us, which is why he didn't see any time in the preseason. They were trying to give him as much time to heal up as possible. And when you have Ryan Bates, who was our left guard last year, move over to the right guard spot, he's not necessarily used to playing next to him. He graded it like in the 50s on PFF, uh, did Spencer Brown. And he had some plays where he looked very good and he had some plays where he looked like dog shit. Pardon my French. But there were times where he looked great and there were times he looked bad. And honestly, I think that it's very important that if they're going to give him another chance, they they seal up the guard position. They have to get a guard. Our safeties will be fine. We got a new coach. I, I think it's a laughing face you got there. It's hard to tell, but yeah. I already explained kind of dynamic. I already explained earlier kind of the dynamic that you have with Tremaine Edmonds and his brother being brothers and playing in college together. And then there being a relationship with Micah and Tremaine because they've been on the team together and they're best buds. And that, you know, out of respect for Tremaine and probably knowing Terrell that he would do his best to help bring him along. And there's also been rumors that Christian Benford may be making the move to safety, which would be awesome too, because then when Micah's gone next year, you'd have Christian Benford who was training as a safety with Edmonds and Hyde. And it allows a smooth transition, I think. So in theory, this is all theoretical. None of this is written in stone. No one knows for sure. But in theory, it would make sense that that works out. Everyone needs to know Jordan Poyer wasn't good when he signed, first signed with the Bills. That's true. Jordan Poyer, when he first signed with the Bills, was an average safety. He was a run-of-the-mill safety. He was the seventh-round pick by the Eagles. He bounced around the league. He went to the Browns. He ruptured his spleen, I believe it was, in a game where he got like hit directly in his abdomen. Uh, Bobby Babbage came to the Bills as a – defensive assistant he said hey this jordan poyer gets pretty good man i think he's got to start to be a star we bring in jordan poyer he gets signed for three years 11 million dollars i believe it was and outshines his contract by by, by a crazy number the only problem is, is that he came on too late in his career 
which is kind of the way it works for seventh round picks and sixth round picks. Unless you burst on the scene early, it takes work. It takes time. It takes effort. There's a lot that goes into it. And like when you break down how Jordan Poirier's career went, coming to Buffalo was the best thing that ever happened to him. Because I, I can't say that he'd go somewhere else and have blown up the way he did he, he here with Micah Hyde and Coach McDermott and Coach Babich and Coach Frazier. I think that he fell into the perfect situation and that blossomed a great career for you know the final part of his career. I think the same goes for Micah Hyde. But Micah Hyde got paid a bag. He got he it was his was like five million thirty-five, you know, five or five years for thirty-five million dollars. Ridiculous. But I, I think that they knew because of how he played in Green Bay, he was a jack of all trades. He played corner, safety, linebacker, kick returner. Like he did everything, but he he was never out of position and he played his role correctly. And so I think that the Bills need to retool that. They need to find that energy that they had that first and second year in building the roster and that third year, 2017, 2018, 2019. And, you know, find some more diamonds in the rough because that's what they've done the whole time is find diamonds in the rough. You get Matt Milano, diamond in the rough, fifth-round pick, one of the best linebackers in the NFL, first-year pro this year. Deion Dawkins, second-round pick, one of the top tackles in the NFL. They go after Mitch Morse. They get him, one of the top centers in the NFL. They go after um, Tredavious White, first-round pick. He was like the fifth corner off the board, one of the best corners in the NFL until he blew his knee. Now we're going to see what he's going to be after that. You go after Tremaine Edmonds, who two Pro Bowls at 21 and 22 years old. Like the, the team, they, they found guys. Like Josh Allen, the hardest thing to do is find a franchise quarterback. Two quarterbacks are off the board already. And they move up to the seventh pick with the Bucks and find a way to make it happen. And they get their first-round quarterback. They get up two second-round picks to do it. But you know what? Who wouldn't give up two second-round picks right now for Josh Allen? I would. This team is 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 built on finding players and bringing the most out of them. The Bills have to do that again. It's just the way it is. Got to dig back in that bag of tricks that you had and figure it out. Maybe a better backup center as insurance for Morse. Look, if Morse goes down, I'm 99% sure that Bates is moving the center. So we need to find, probably find two guards. Uh, I think Ike Botker is going to be back at full health next year. I'd bring him back. Ike Botker usually rates out really well. You know, he's, he's, is he great? No, by no standard is he, is he great. Absolutely not. But Ike Botker is a solid, is a solid guard. And you don't have to have your whole line be great. You you have one or two solid guys, and then the rest of them be good to very good. And you should be fine there. But this year we had a super bum in Saffold. We had a coming off injury, so he looked like a bum at worst in um, Spencer Brown. It could be the injury. It could just be he sucks. It could be either one of those things. I don't know. I'm not, you know, I'm not a scout. But I, I do try and watch and figure it out. You have to shore up the guard position. That's 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 the number one spot. You can live with a faulty right tackle with a right-handed quarterback. And and I seen a seen a comment down here. Is he pulling the marathon this tonight? Good stuff. Hey, when I got good questions and I got people, you know, bouncing ideas off me, and I can like get these things out of my freaking head. It's awesome. Plus, this is like my therapy, man. You know, life happens. We're going through some shit. 
Round one and round two, OG. Round three, everything on defense. Everything on defense. No, 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 no. That's not where I'm going. That's not where I'm going. If if B. John Robinson's there and one of the top guards isn't there, I'm going B. John Robinson all day. I already went through the whole spiel, so you can you have to go back and watch after. Uh, B. John Robinson is my top priority in round one. If the best available guards and wide receivers are off the board, it's B. John Robinson all day. Just to keep him away from the freaking Chiefs. Also, he's a beast. It'll give the Bills the running game that we all have wanted and deserved since LaShawn McCoy left. Imagine if we had prime LaShawn McCoy with this Josh Allen. Oh, my God. I think they will trade Mitch Morse. I don't think they're going to trade Mitch Morse. Still want to keep Jordan somehow. Me too. One second. All right, guys. Uh, Want to keep Jordan somehow? Look, I would like to keep Jordan Poyer somehow. Uh, if we can't keep uh, Edmonds, if it's not possible, then keeping Jordan Poyer becomes very possible. And that means that we'll probably go with a Drew Tranquil at linebacker instead of a Levante David or a Tremaine Edmonds. We'll probably go with that third option, who was a very solid player, which was on my list when, when, we, when I went through this whole thing. Drew Tranquil grades out very well. So it is what it is. So my wife came up and she 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 heard me talking about Poyer and she's like, I thought we already paid him and I was like, no no that was that fake account on Twitter that keeps posting nonsense. I think it's, I think it's, I think it was Trish Patel on Twitter. Uh, she's with Buffalo Fanatics. She's like their satirical account. She's not really a BS account. She just she does things like that to to troll us. You know, I think she's a Bills fan, but yeah, she just does that to to mess with us. All right, uh, draft John Michael Schmitz. Interior offensive line. Look, if he's there and he's worth a pick, go for it. I'm I'm not I'm not mad at it. My first four picks again: O line, O line, wide receiver, running back, in whatever order. Rounds one through four: wide receiver, running back, O line, O line. Don't care what order. You pick the order. As long, the, take the best player on the board as long as it's those positions. That's me. If they're not worthy of the pick, trade out and get somebody later. And get a new center in the draft. I wouldn't mind drafting a center. Like again. Two offensive linemen, wide receiver, running back. It could be a guard center guy like uh like Eric Wood was. He played guard before he played center. Then our center left, and he he became the center. Right. We also drafted Andy Levitri that year, who turned out to be a pretty freaking spectacular guard for the Falcons. Schmitz played center. Uh, can he play guard? That's the question. If he can play both, go for it. No, nah, I'm good with Jordan Poyer. He's too slow and old. I, look, I'm not mad at it. You know, again, I would take Terrell Edmonds if it means keeping Tremaine. Keep it younger and faster. Uh, just don't know how Micah will play without Jordan and function in the locker room. I think if you bring in a guy like a Terrell Edmonds who is family to one of his better friends on the team in Tremaine, I think that that works fine. 
I think if you bring in somebody else, you have to let Jordan Poirier go or uh, Micah Hyde go. You trade him. Like it, say, say you bring in a Jimmy Ward who was on my list, right? So we bring in Jimmy Ward, Micah Hyde's like, all right, well, this is, you know, not really it. So you trade Micah Hyde and you save all that money from trading Micah Hyde because his, his, his cap number is pretty big. It's, I think it's $9 million. I don't, I don't know how much dead cap is though. But you trade Micah Hyde and then you go after another one of those safeties out there or you draft one in like the fourth or fifth round. Fifth round because, again, my top four picks are running back, wide receiver, O-line, O-line. So somewhere from the fifth round after, you go after a safety. Let's see. Where am I at? There we go. Does anyone realize that when we played the Chiefs, this wide receiver, they scored 17 seconds before halftime? The D as a whole has to be get better. The D as a whole does have to get better. The defense is also still a top five unit. And yeah, they scored in that 17 seconds at halftime, but didn't we beat them like 24 to 10 or 24 14? Like we beat them by 10 or more. So, I mean, you have a point, but at the same time, we shut them down the rest of the game. Halftime adjustments are a thing, I guess, if you're on defense. So, I think Jordan Poirier and Von Miller might carry the defense to an extent. Free agent less than four weeks away. Dude, I am excited. I can't wait. Because I know that there's going to be some things done internally that prepare us and that it's going to be fun. My man says, pay the bills. I miss Shady. Yes, sir. Look, I got his, his jerseys up here, right there. On my screen, it's backwards mirrored. It's not mirrored. So there's, there's Shady right there. My, my wife bought me that jersey a few years ago. See, Drew Sanders. Yeah. I haven't, got, I haven't gone into the draft stuff yet. So that's going to take me some time. I'll probably do that when the combine comes around. That'll probably be when that goes down. Iowa, six foot five, 256 pound Jack Campbell. I've heard the name. My buddy is a Big Ten guy. He's a he's he's from Texas, and he's mentioned him. I don't know if I was in the Big Ten. I think they're actually no, they're Big Ten. He's a Big Twelve guy. Sorry about that. Would we play Levante David Milano and Edmonds at the same? No, 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 no. If we get Levante David, we're not getting Edmonds. Uh, it's one of the, it's one or the other. You don't get Levante David and Edmonds. If we do, then they're looking to run more base four three, which I don't see. Especially since they just drafted Terrell Bernard, uh, he's probably going to be looking to get more reps. But that would be way too much money on linebacker. It's not going to happen. It's going to be either Tremaine Evans and Levante or Levante David. And if you get Tremaine Evans, then you're probably going to draft Terrell to try to lower those two numbers, you know, because it'll give them some incentive to want to play together. I would be shocked if Bean uses the first four picks on offense. I would be shocked too. However. This year, I would not be shocked. This year, I would not be shocked. Not at all. Most of our defense is set, in my opinion. Corners are pretty much set. Nickel is set. Matt Milano is set where he's at. Defensive line, you have Ed Oliver, Greg Rousseau, Von Miller coming back. That's basically set. You can bring back Shaq Lawson cheap. You can trade Epinesa and or Boogie Basham. And then, you know, pick up another one in later in draft or in free agency. Or as a, you know, undrafted rookie free agent. You know, there's also that period that goes on. Um, if you're trading somebody, you're often getting another pick or, you know, another player for him. Like when we traded uh, Kelvin Shepard for Jerry Hughes, which was apparently a steal. I don't know if you guys remember that. But, yes, yeah, there's, there's lots of ways this thing can play out. And I'm just excited to see. Like, this is – the NFL has made the offseason fun, even though I still yearn to watch football. 
but the XFL and the USFL are coming up. I'm watching the XFL right now. So my football fix is good. I'm good on it. Now, I, I just get to enjoy the offseason. Right? And I've already picked the team in the, uh, the, the, the XFL. I'm picking the Battle Hawks. They have uh, A.J. McCarron at quarterback, former Bill, and Austin Prohl, who we drafted. Uh, so I'm, I'm rolling with those guys with the former Bills. Plus, I like their, their uniforms. Do you think that safety we got is good from Kansas City? Uh, so I discussed him first in this whole video. Um, we have nothing to go off on him being good in the NFL. He did grade out with PFF in the three games he saw snaps as a 70, but he has literally no stats. So there's like no passes defended. There's no tackles. He was just out there and nothing happened. So there is nothing to really grade him on. Did play well in college, but he was undrafted out of BYU. He is he has the size, you know that, that's that's good. Lorenzo Edmonds Milano equal Levante Tremaine Milano. It could, but we don't have the money for all that. Like all that's not happening. If that happens, then we're not getting the guard, and we're not getting the safety. Lorenzo Alexander is a different beast than um, than uh, Levante David. Levante David is basically the same thing as Tremaine Edmonds, but better. He's older, so he's not going to last as long in the NFL, right? He's, he's almost done. He's got three, four years tops, you know, in the NFL to play. But they're basically the same type of guy. If you're if you're wanting to get a Lorenzo Alexander type, you're wanting to go get a Melvin Ingram, somebody who was a 3-4 pass rusher who can play in the middle and rush alongside of the, the defensive line. You, you're looking for somebody like that to take the Lorenzo Alexander role. You're not looking for Levante David to do that. You're looking for somebody much cheaper and with a more pass rush based skill set. And that's that's not that's not Levante David. That'd be a, a waste of money. If NFL draft starts at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, when will the Bills pick? That that really depends on how long it takes for them to draft. But usually the first round of the draft's like three hours. It's usually about three to four hours. So the Bills will probably be picking close to eleven o'clock. After number 26. There you go. <laughs> I tried to do the math and everything, and you're just like, smart ass it. Good job. Do you know why the they let Jerry Hughes go but brought back Phillips and Lawson? Because Jerry Hughes' number was way higher. He was going to get paid $10 million. As a matter of fact, he got paid $22 million for two years with the Texans, I believe. He got paid almost, almost $11 million a year. Or he did get paid $11 million a year. So, yeah, uh, the number was just different. Whereas Shaq Lawson, and we got Shaq Lawson and uh, Phillips for less than five. So you get two guys. And Shaq Lawson was outstanding for us this year. People sleep, people sleep on that. Shaq Lawson, he didn't have the sacks, but he sealed the edge. He played the run very well. And when Daquan Jones was in there, he was dangerous. So Shaq Lawson, I'd bring him back on a cheap, you know, team-friendly deal because he's got nowhere else to go. What do you think about drafting Jack Campbell as a Tremaine Edmonds replacement? If he's there, good chance he's not there though. That's the tough part. Like we'd have to, we'd, we might have to move up to go get him. I do like Jack Campbell. What about going after D. Hopkins? That would cost us a draft pick. That would cost us nothing less than a second round pick. Or, yeah, nothing less than a second round pick, probably. Maybe a third. They're trying to unload him for cap reasons. Um, 
And so I get that, but I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd be I'd be reluctant. But you know what? If we can get him at a decent number for the cap and it's only a second-round pick, sign me up. That gets us that receiver within the first four rounds that I was talking about. Hop on with Izzy Silas. There we go. Izzy and I don't see eye to eye on the Bills roster. We don't? What do you mean? Remember Harrison Phillips? Yes, I do. Yep. He'll be there at 27. So if he's there at 27, right, hypothetically, uh, I don't remember when the franchise tag um, thing matters. Again, if we can't keep Tremaine because his number's too high, I am pro tag him and trade him. He's worth a first-round pick. Someone's going to give up a first-round pick with Tremaine Edmonds. He's worth it. Tag him and trade him. And then you can go get uh, Campbell, right? Jack Campbell. So I would be for that. That would that wouldn't that wouldn't bother me at all. I don't think Ed Oliver is. Ed Oliver is actually pretty good. He's very good. You think it's a good idea to draft running back at twenty-seven? I'd rather wait. Uh, no, 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 no. I think I'd I'd draft Bijan Robinson at twenty-seven, not a running back. Bijan Robinson. He is a running back. If if guard is off the table, right? Like say we 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 sign a guard, we draft we we sign a Sel Malo, right? And there's not another guard or not another tackle worthy of that spot. And Bijan Robinson's there. Yeah. If he's not there, no. I don't want a running back at that point. It's just him. No one else. Bijan Robinson or no one. I think it's actually necessary. I think it's I think trading Epinesa would be best for him and for us. Uh, I don't think he's a fit in this defensive scheme. He's too big to play the way they want him to play. Uh, naturally too big, his frame. No matter how much weight he loses, it's not going to matter. His frame is too big. He probably fits better in a 3-4 scheme, personally, I think, uh, with the way he plays. My nose is itchy. I don't know what's going on. But, yeah, I think that I think that he and we would be better off if we parted ways. And if we can get a you know fifth or sixth round pick for him, I'd take it. I'd take it. We still have Dorsey. Um, I, I don't think Dorsey is the problem with the run game. I think this past year, honestly, the run game suffered from the O-line. Uh, our boy Roger Saffold did not turn out to be who we thought he was going to be. He sucked terribly. It was. I think that's really what it boiled down to. Marvin Jones Jr., kind of like Ed Emmanuel Sanders. I agree with that. Um, I don't know if that's what we're looking for, though. We have... A number three receiver. We have a number four receiver. We need a number two receiver. And I don't think Marvin Jones Jr. is that. I think that Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones is, you know, a Gabe Davis replacement. Like if we got rid of Gabe Davis, then you go after Marvin Jones Jr. We need we need somebody to step it up. We need somebody to be a number two. I'm drafting everyone on Georgia's D line and O line. You're, you're a Chiefs fan, so you guys draft Georgia players like that. We got Cook, and that's that's basically it. That we need to draft O line guard and tackle. Yep, I've been saying that for this, like most of this the whole thing. Uh, if we do, if we get the guard from the Eagles, which I hope, so Malo, uh, then we don't need to draft a guard early. We can draft a guard like the third or fourth round. Uh, 
drafting a tackle, we can do that too. Um, again, I think that they're going to give Spencer Brown another shot because of the back injury and the surgery he had gone through. I think they're going to give him a, another shot. I think fixing the left guard spot is the most important thing on this whole team. It opens everything else up. The run game, the pass game, everything. Fixing the O-line will fix the offense as a whole, in my opinion. Yes. And, again, what I just said, fixing the left guard spot will fix the O-line almost entirely. Again, Josh can deal with just one player, especially the right tackle. That guy's going to come around the edge, beat the tackle. Josh can just slip in and then allow the tackle to regain his footing and have time again. Like, Josh can work with that. He can't work with having no left guard and no right tackle. One of those two positions has to be shored up. He, it's, it's not possible. It's not feasible to, to maintain your composure while you have 300 and 250 pound men blazing at you full speed because your left guard decided that he couldn't see today. And it's your right tackle coming off of this injury isn't fast enough to keep up. Take it from me. Spencer Brown is athletic enough. He is athletic enough. He was just a raw talent coming out of college, but he just had back surgery. And so now that athleticism is scaled back. He had like a 10 RAS score, which is the highest you can score. So athletically, it's not a problem. It's it's there's something going on, and we all know he had back surgery. Not if you didn't know, now you know. But he had back surgery last offseason. Uh, I I can look it up actually. That I can look up. I'm just EFF right now. I think he was basically about the same. I think he was just playing like when he played at left guard. He was playing be, between Deion Dawkins and Mitch Morse. So there was more room for error. You know what I'm saying? Like he he didn't have to be as sharp as he as he did this year playing next to an injured Spencer Brown. And you're playing between two guys who are pro bowlers and all pros and Deion Dawkins and Mitch Morse. There's a lot less to worry about. There's a lot less to worry about. But Mitch Morse this year graded at PFF 61.8. Here, I'll even share the screen with you guys. Just because I can. Uh, share screen. Chrome tabs, Ryan Bates. So Ryan Bates this year graded out as a 61.8. Overall pass blocking, 61.5. Run blocking, 59.1. Average. Right? And I said it earlier in the show, Ryan Bates is an average guard. Right? He's an average guard. Let me remove this thing over here so you guys can see me. He's an average guard. He's making average guard money. $17 million over four years. It's average guard money. Right? So he's making what he's supposed to be making for what he's doing. These are his grades this year, 2022. Last year, he played at left guard. So if I just change the season to 2021, he played slightly better at left guard. 64.3 overall, pass blocking up to 74.5, and run blocking 61.2. Again, I think most of that is inflated by the fact that he was playing between Deion Dawkins and Mitch Morse. I don't think that it has more to do with him being better. I think it has more to do with him being between two better guys. Like if right if if Spencer Brown was a beast, this wouldn't be a question. I think I think Ryan Bates is a fine guard. He's just he's not great. He's he's fine. I swear Bean so says no splash moves every year and then does something great. He's supposed to do that, bro. Brandon Bean is supposed to tell you we don't have the money to do anything and blah, blah, blah. and all the Bills fans are like, we don't have the money to do it. We don't and you listen to him and I'm like, we got the money, man. Stop it. We're gonna make a big move. And people are like, no, we're not. I'm like, okay. And then you, they signed Von Miller. I'm like, fucking told you. 
I told you. I hope you answered that phone. What do you mean? Because I fucking called it. That's why. We told you it was gonna pay. It was gonna pay somebody big money, and they do every year. They'll find somebody this year to pay big money. It, it probably just won't be Tremaine Edmonds or Jordan Poyer, unless, unless, you know, they find a way to unload a lot of cap space this year. I don't know if they really will be able to do the big, you know, eighteen million dollars splash on one guy. But you know, I've been wrong before. But every year they do it. Uh, this year I see it being less likely, but not impossible. So we can take Warren McClendon on day three, move Bates back to left guard, and draft either Torrance or Voorhees early. Ah, I like Voorhees. I like Voorhees. Mainly because of Jason, but no, I'm just playing with you. Uh, I've seen Voorhees. Uh, I like Voorhees. Torrance is good too, but I think Voorhees is going to be more of a fit for the way we play offense. Just my opinion. So I think we should leave Benford at corner and draft two safeties, Skinner and Cave. So we only have so many draft picks, bro. We only got so many draft picks. This year, as of right now, we only have six. So until we trade a Epinesa and a Boogie Basham and uh, Dane Jackson, you know, until, until until we unload these guys for draft capital, we don't have enough draft picks to do all of that, you know, which is why I'm saying two offensive linemen, a running back, wide receiver, my first four picks. If the running back isn't B. John Robinson, it's a fourth-round running back. It's Sean Tucker from Syracuse. I'm cool with that. I'm fine. But, yeah. Trade Oliver, Epinesa, and Gabe Davis for picks. I would be fine trading Epinesa and Gabe. I would not necessarily be fine with trading Ed Oliver. Unless you get a first-round pick for him, I'm not cool with it. A first round for Oliver, cool. Do it. Other than that, no. But Gabe, with that drop percentage, I'm cool with it. I like Gabe, but you know, I'm not attached. I'm not attached to him like some people are. Some people really love Gabe, and they're like, he can't go anywhere. Nope. Go ahead and trade him away. I think you can get a fifth or sixth for Vanessa. We got a fifth for Cody Ford, so why not? Maybe Bean can swing a seventh rounder for McKenzie. You know what? The Bears were actually after McKenzie last year. He chose us over the Bears. I don't know if you know this. The Bears offered him, like, I think a four-year deal for, like, $27 million, $28 million, something like that. The Bears were after him. His cap hit is low. You might be able to swing a fourth-round pick for McKenzie. The The Bears were after him. Ed Oliver is not a bust. I totally disagree with that. In fact, the numbers disagree with that. Let's see. Here's our boy Ed Oliver. Solo tackles. 23 assists, 5 sacks, 4. Force fumbles, 1. Overall grade, 68.5. Run defense, 68.7. Pass rush, 62.9. When he had his one technique in there, Ed Oliver was outstanding. And remember, he sprained his ankle earlier this year. He wasn't even healthy the whole year, and he still graded well. I disagree. Adam, the 
Adam Thielen, okay. You must be using voice to text or something from Minnesota or Mike Evans from Tampa would be nice. Also, there's rumors that Keenan Allen might be getting released from the Chargers. So if I don't have to give up a draft pick, I'd go that route. I just did explain it. Ed Oliver Oliver does his job. He does his job well. He's a penetrating offensive lineman. His whole job is to create pressure down the middle. He had four sacks this year. He was injured for like five games. He was out for like five games. He was injured for most of the season. He still did his job well. He grades well. He just... You say trash, but the numbers say otherwise. The numbers and the analytics say otherwise. I disagree with you on this one. That's that's where we're on that one. If I get a first-round pick for Edmonds or for for, uh, Oliver, I'm taking it. Otherwise... Kick rocks. Unless it's like the if it's a 33rd pick, the 34th pick, I'll take that too. Like low second or, or excuse me, high second round or anywhere in the first, I'll take it. Getting a two and a five for Ed is fine. Okay, I will take that too. Uh, that, that basically equals out in value. Plus, it gives you an extra pick, which we could use because we really need to get some young talent on this team. Keanu Benton. Roy from LSU, Zoke Pickens from South Carolina are all better fits for these light box nickel defenses we run. You're saying we need to get bigger in the middle? Clarify that for me. If you're saying we need to get bigger in the middle, I don't disagree. Um, However, I'm not willing to sacrifice a hell of a defensive tackle to not get bigger and better. Bigger and better. I disagree. We do disagree on this. Oliver is not a bust. He's not. That boy wreaks havoc in the middle. That's what his whole job is. Oliver Sacks have decreased every year he's been in the NFL. Let's see if that's true. Ed Oliver. And he's a defensive tackle, so his job isn't necessarily to sack the quarterback. That's not Within a scheme like we run, defensive tackles don't really get a whole lot of sacks. Supposed to be the pass rushers. That really hasn't worked out that much either. But yeah, no, I disagree wholeheartedly. He's a bust. That's crazy. That's that's crazy to me. Pro football reference. Ed Oliver. There you go. Defensive line, Buffalo Bills. So, sacks, five, three, four. So, yeah, no. Hasn't gone down every year. They've, they've fluctuated every year. Five, three, four. Or he had five, then three, then four, and then four. So, yeah. No, they haven't gone down every year. You were wrong about that. Ed Oliver definitely doesn't. Williams for the Jets played a lot better than – Williams for the Jets runs runs in a scheme that causes that. They have a different defensive scheme. You're not taking into account everything that, that these guys are supposed to do within said scheme. Ed Oliver is a center penetrator. He's not necessarily a guy who's going to get sacks. His job is to wreak havoc and create pressure so that way your defensive ends can get the sacks, which is why Greg Rousseau had, what, nine sacks this year? And Von Miller had eight, I think, before he got hurt. 
because Ed Oliver creates the interior pressure. Quarterback must run left or right, and the defensive ends are there to swallow him up. That's Ed Oliver's job. Guys like Christian Wilkins and Dexter Lawrence were ahead, so they had better options. I'm not sure what you're talking about there. Christian Wilkins is a – never mind. I'm not going to say it. Bigger, stronger, and more disruptive. Need a guy like Kyle Williams in the middle. Yeah, but that guy doesn't exist anymore. I love that guy. Actually, it was brought in to give us the interior pass rush, and he hasn't. No, 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 no. That, see, that's what people at the draft said. The coaches never said that. That's what people at the draft said. He's a guy who's going to get in the middle and, and get the pass rush. And he does do the pass rush thing. He doesn't get sacks, but he still rushes the passer from the inside. He just drives quarterbacks into sacks. It's very different. Look at Kyle Williams. He never really got a lot of sacks. He was still a beast. No one questioned him because he wasn't getting sacks. And that's basically what Ed Oliver is doing for us now. He's basically doing the Kyle Williams job. I think Kyle Williams' biggest year for sacks was like five. Let me, let me pull that up before I, before I end up being wrong. Kyle Williams. Let's see. Defensive tackle, Buffalo Bills. What was the most sacks he had in his career? Two, two, four, five point five, five. Nope. Best in his career was ten and a half. That was the year that him and Darius went off. And we had Mario Williams. Then five, one, five, three, five. Average sits right around Ed Oliver's. It's it's really it is what it is. Would you agree that Oliver hasn't lived up to his draft pick? No, I, I disagree. I think he has lived up to his draft pick. I don't think he has exceeded it. He has not exceeded it. He's played as good as a top 10 pick. Has he Has he been like a superstar? Absolutely not. He's not a superstar. Is he a star? Potentially in the making. But he's, he's lived up to what he's supposed to do, which is create pressure in the middle. He's not worth the new contract. Sorry, bro. I never said he was. Never said he was. But he could be. He could be. And he's better than you're claiming he is. So I I really can't take your input on that one. We agree on a lot of stuff. But this one we don't. Ed is still undersized. I understand. You know, some undersized, whatever. So is Aaron Donald. Who cares? Is see, Kyle Williams had 10 sacks. The one yeah, with where we had Mario Williams and Marcel Darius, and we had an all-star defensive line. We had Marcel Mar- Marcel Darius, Kyle Williams, Jerry Hughes, and Mario Williams, and everybody that year had ten plus sacks. I think Marcel Darius had twelve, Jerry Hughes had ten, and then uh, Mario Williams had thirteen and a half that year. I think it was. It was a crazy year for the Bills' pass rush. Like it was the best pass rush I've seen the Bills have since we had Phil Hansen and, and Bruce Smith. It was it was outstanding, bro. He's short with short arm. Okay, you're you're saying a bunch of physical traits that aren't equating to his play on the field. His he's got short arms and he's short and he's not heavy and he's still creating pressure up the middle. He's neutral neutralized by double teams because he's a three technique. He's not supposed to take double teams. That's what your one technique is for. That's what Daquan Jones is for. Daquan Jones. That's what Starlo Tulele was supposed to be for, and Starlo Tulele was a failure at that. Ed Oliver is not supposed to be your blocker eater. Your big fat bastard next to him is supposed to be your blocker eater. Just because he's short and has short arms and his physical traits 
don't fit the position doesn't mean he's not playing up to par, which he is playing up to par. The guy who frees up everybody else is the one tech. He's a three tech. That's not the same position. You look at the Eagles. Same thing goes with Fletcher Cox. Everybody's Fletcher Cox. Everybody's like he he he's not a he's not good at this or he's not good at that. It's like he that's not what he's supposed to do. He is not Fletcher Cox is the is the defensive end technically with that with that defensive scheme. It's different. It's not it's not it's not the same thing. The guy next to him is a defensive tackle. Yes, but he's not playing the same technique. He's not playing the same scheme as that guy. Your big fat guy takes up two blocks. We'll take up a center and a guard, and that all is supposed to be one on one. That's the job. You know, people say stuff like this. Uh, you can't miss on DK Metcalf anymore. Um, yes, you can. And here's why: because there are guys who fit the DK Metcalf mold and don't ever live up to it, like uh, JJ Ortega Whiteside. He was supposed to be this big super receiver, and he was trash. He was trash. The Eagles drafted him, and he was garbage. Like it happens. You get a guy like that who's got all these physical traits, and they they look like they're going to be a winner for you, and then they end up being trash. Like you have to go with your gut on these things. That's just the draft. Draft is kind of a crapshoot. It is what it is. Bills drafted Oliver before Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, and Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah. Okay. These things happen. The Jets drafted Sam Darnold before Josh Allen. And the freaking the Giants drafted Saquon Barkley before Josh Allen. And we, we can play this game if you want to, but it's a silly game to play. Okay, how do you feel about Kingsley Jonathan? Just want to talk about somebody else. Kingsley Jonathan. Uh, I actually liked him this year. I was upset when they cut him. I thought he played well off the edge. He played with tenacity and he played with a lot of heart. Uh, again, I talked earlier in my show about heart. You know, heart only gets you so far. Uh, you got to have technique too. But he looked like he was developing some of that technique. Uh, I actually liked Kingsley Jonathan quite a bit. He was he was a pleasant surprise to me. And then they cut him, and they did it a couple times this year. You know, like uh, with uh, Isaiah Hodgins. And I was like, come on, man. He start Isaiah Hodgins was just starting to come on. We cut him. The Giants take him, and he lights it up for the Giants. That makes me upset. Been on a team for four years. We can't miss anymore on Isaiah Hodgins. We can't miss anymore on Wyatt Teller. We can't miss those. Those are the things. Hey, the, the cold departed two years ago. Knew we would suffer. It was only a year ago. That was last year. So he played for us in 2021. And then we cut him that offseason before 2022. And then mid-season in 2022, he was only gone off the team for like six or seven months. He, he ended up back with us before the season ended. So it was only it was only a year ago. Teams like Casey, Cincy are throwing through windows available in front of them due to lack of size up front. That's our batted ball. Okay, so which team has been able to stop them with bigger guys? I'll wait. Which team with bigger, taller, fat guys has been able to stop them? Who's what? Which defensive tackle has been able to stop Travis Kelsey or Hayden Hurst? None of them. None of them. Not a one. Batted balls help if you got a guy who's checking it down. Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes are not those guys. Not to mention that Patrick Mahomes is one of the best short throwers there is. Half his short throws are freaking shovel passes. 
you, you, to me, you're reaching on a lot of this. This, this is, a lot of this is a reach. If you, if you don't like it, Oliver, you don't have to like it, Oliver. I'm not trying to make you like him, but the 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 product on the field says otherwise. The product on the field says otherwise. I don't I don't know of a defensive tackle out there who's, who's who I remember smacking down a, a Patrick Mahomes pass recently. I, I don't remember at all. You're talking about two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like if you if you don't want like a Jimmy Garoppolo pass, and sure, I can see someone in the middle who's big fat, you know, smacking down a pass that probably should have been lobbed instead of beamed. But I don't I, I don't agree with that. And Miami too. Like Miami's got speedsters. Chris Jones is disruptive. So is that Oliver. Chris Jones is more than disruptive. Chris Jones is destructive. There's a difference here. Ed Oliver is dis- is disruptive. Chris Jones is a different level. He's a freak. He's that there's there's levels to the game, bro. Just because Chris Jones is awesome doesn't make it Oliver bust. It's not how that works. It's just not. You can be not as good as somebody else and not be a bust. Like uh, who's that guy that the um, the Raiders drafted? Cleveland Farrell. That's a bust. It's a bum. the difference you might not but it's okay melvin ingram possible signing i would take it that, that would give us that lorenzo alexander back that would give us that type of guy which i'm all for give me give me give me lorenzo alexander i'll take it uh and i think that he could be that for this defense and, and kind of bring us back to the ability to stop the run in base formation uh last year we had aj klein and Terrell bernard's a rookie he's he's too small but he's not big enough Show one tape where Ed Oliver is disruptive. Ed Oliver can take over a game. I never said he could take over a game. I said he's disruptive and he does his job. I also said that he has not excelled past the point where we drafted him. And he's not really improved much over the years. I agree with all that. But he's been good. He's not been a bust. You show on tape where he sucks. He gets through and chases around offense uh, quarterbacks all the time. His run grade is outstanding. What are you talking about? Russo tipped a Mahomes pass to himself. Okay, you're talking about Russo on a tip uh, on a pass where Mahomes was running out of the pocket. Russo's like five feet in front of him, jumps up, is six foot seven, and bats the ball down into his own hands. We're not talking about Patrick Mahomes in the pocket trying to throw over Ed Oliver. You're cherry picking. This is a very, very cherry picked call right here. Russo also was not being blocked when this happened. He was free to move as he pleased. And he is definitely diet Aaron Donald. If he was fully Aaron Donald, he'd be getting eight sacks here instead of four. I digress. Do you think Carr would be a good fit for the Jets? That's tough. That's tough. I'm not sure because I don't know who their offensive coordinator is. I forgot who he was. I know they got one, but I'm not sure who he is. Um, I think he'd be better off there than in the Saints, though. I'll tell you that because the Jets, they're they're building more. They have Elijah Vera Tucker coming back. 
Uh, they're probably going to draft a tackle. Yeah, I think the Jets would be – I think the Jets are a better fit for him rather than him being a good fit for them. I'm not sure about that part, but I know that they would be the best team that he could go to. I saw we restructured those top contracts, create $41 million in cap space, re-signed Edmonds. Uh, so when I did my re my restructure here, it was $30 million. Uh, there's probably more moves they can make to get to 41, uh, but I have not seen any examples of that yet. I've seen 30. You can you can when you do that, you're actually freeing up 48 million dollars of cap space, but we're like 20 in the hole. Fans don't understand what bust means. I, I agree. Who do you think is the best QB coming out? Oh, so. A lot of people keep putting the quarterback from Bama, Bama uh, Bryce, up there. I, I think it's I think it's CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud to me is the best quarterback in this draft. No, that's because okay. On the play where Russo got around, it's not because he's bigger. He beat his blocker, which Ed Oliver does all the time. But he was in contain. He was not trying to rush the passer on said play. He was containing Patrick Mahomes on that play. If you watch that play, watch the tape. It was a contain defense. So he was in contain. He ends up going around instead of trying to go through his blocker, which Ed Oliver never does because he can't go around because he's an interior defensive lineman. Rousseau was free because he's in contain to contain Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes tries to throw it over him. From his contained position, he smashed the ball and then catches it. We're we're talking about very different play styles and very different abilities, and they're different spots. You're talking about a five tech defensive end versus a three tech defensive tackle. It's not the same thing. Carr is a coach killer, maybe so. He's not. Lol. Oliver is a but. He's not a bust. Sorry. He's, he's he's not a bust. You can you can say it all you want, but it's, it's not correct. Uh, record prediction next year, I say 12 and 5, 13 and 4. I'd say you're about right on that. So, card card needs a really good O line and a coach wide receiver. So, the Jets have wide receivers. They got they got more. They've got Garrett Wilson. They got they got they got two receivers that are solid. Their tight end, CJ Uzama, pretty good. Uh, he's not Waller good, but he's good. Uh, then running back, they got Brees Hall, Michael Carter. They're pretty good there. They just have to finish their offensive line. They're like us. They're like the Bills. Like we, the, the thing holding our offense back isn't like a, a particular need at a skill position. We we could use better skill positions, yes. But the big thing, the big problem that's causing that team and this team to struggle the way we are, which is strange that they're struggling way more than we are uh, with the talent that they have, is their offensive line is garbage. Like our offensive line was okay this year. We had two players that were garbage, but we had three players who were good to great. Their whole line was garbage, except Elijah Vera Tucker, and he got hurt, and then they became all garbage. It was an over-the-cap calculator. Extensions could be Heinz. Okay, so you were doing, like, extensions and everything. The way I did it was just restructures. It was purely restructures, and with only restructures, I could get them down to, like, 295 under the cap. All right, so that, that's, I didn't, I didn't do any extensions or trades or anything like that. 
I just did purely restructuring and with only restructuring the players that would give $500,000 in cap space or more, you know, half a mil or more, uh, I got to 29.5. I don't know if some of y'all know it, but you're fans too. Oh, no, I'm definitely a fan too, but I'm a fan who does my research. I read and study this stuff. I don't just sit here and, you know, talk up my butt. And I'm not saying you you are, and you may have a different opinion on a player than I do, and that's fair. You know, that's okay. Professionals who are analysts do the same thing. But just because I am a fan doesn't mean that I can't be right or wrong or anything. I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, you're wrong about everything. I'm sure we agree on some things and we disagree on other things. And this is one thing we disagree on. And the evidence says you're wrong. To me, the biggest thing is that trading Oliver would free up $10 million. We need to improve our offense. I I agree with the point that it would free up money and we need to improve our offense. I, I don't disagree with that. But if it's for anything less than a high second round pick, or, you know, a, a second and another pick, like a fourth or a fifth. Sure, I'll take it. I'm not saying Ed Oliver is a can't-lose player. I'm not saying we can't get rid of him. What I'm saying is he's not a bust, right? He's played in the NFL for four years, and he's going to get you a first or second-round pick, which means that all the other teams in the NFL are not calling him a bust either. You know, Daquan Jones is the uh, is the big fat bastard that's supposed to double team. So instead of double teaming him, they were double teaming Oliver, and Daquan made him pay for it. That's what that was. You can call it what you want. You're you're looking at these numbers at face value. All right. <laughs> I think Carr would be much better with Brees Hall behind him. Play action could be dead. I mean, he had Jonathan or not Jonathan. He had a Josh Jacobs, and you know what, what was that? Yeah, it was a thing. I saw Daquan Jones and Micah extensions could free up a good amount of money. Yeah, I mean, extending anybody could free up money because then you can just push whatever they have this year down the down the line. But the question is, how much do you do you want to do that for? How much is the cap going to increase every year? Um, I'm assuming next year is going to be a pretty big increase because of that new Disney Amazon money. But we'll see. it's not that hard to see Oliver is not a bad player. All you have to do is watch the tape. Yeah, if you watch the tape, Oliver is doing exactly what he's supposed to do. He takes double teams that he's not supposed to take. And sometimes that's because teams have to double team him. And that's why someone like Greg Rousseau gets free. Is what it is. You know, I'm not saying he's, again, I'm not saying he's a superstar. He's not a superstar. He's not a bust either, though. He's not. I came in late to podcast. Any thoughts on Adam Henry connection to OBJ? Uh, so I read about that, um, but that's if OBJ is willing to take, you know, a, a smaller contract. So that's really what it's going to depend on. I read in research as well, trying to diminish the dissenting opinions without fact is weird. It is weird because... I definitely pulled up his numbers. I have them right here in front of me. It is what it is. Watch the tape. There's the numbers. Then there's the tape. Yeah. I mean, uh, 
Thoughts on Jarvis Landry instead of Crowder? Beasley behind you. Okay. Uh, it really depends on how much Jarvis Landry is going to want to get paid. I don't think he's worth as much right now because Jarvis Landry just played for the Saints and that kind of decreased his value there. Is that Greg Williams? Yep, that's Greg Williams coaching in the uh, XFL, the defensive coordinator for the D.C. Defenders. That's funny. But yeah, if the if the money's right, yeah, Jarvis Landry is now standing receiver. Only thing is, I think a lot of us still have a, a negative opinion of him because of uh, the whole Aaron Williams thing. But you know, I think people get over it. Carr had Josh Jacobs and superb wide receivers to throw to. It really wouldn't be that much different. Problem is Carr himself. It, it could be. I'm not saying you're wrong. It could be. Said always been a fan of Carr. Trying to see the bright side. Carr is a solid quarterback. I think the schematics of everything really diminished him to an, to an extent too. Like John Gruden runs a unnecessarily overcomplicated offense. He always has. And, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I've been to multiple games and it's okay. You've been to multiple games and watched every game this year. I've watched every game the last four years. I've been to games. So what, what does that matter? Ed isn't as disruptive as y'all want him to be. You are correct about that. He's not as disruptive as we want him to be, but he is still disruptive. You want me, I don't have time to pull up film right now to go through this with you, but you know you can go ahead and pull up film where they talk good about him. That's fine. Or bad about him. You can discuss that however you want. You can see it whichever way you feel. And they can continue waiting. Last year, Jarvis got a one-year, three million dollars. So kind of the same. Yeah, so yeah, I'd be fine with that. One-year, three million dollars. Yeah, that's fine. Only if the team can beat the shit out of Jarvis Landry one time to make even for what he did to Williams. I tell you, people, people are still holding that in their hearts, man. Who should we take in the first round? So this is a tough one because it, the free agency is going to matter. So my ideal free agency would be you go and you get Levante David, right? I'd let Tremaine Evans walk. I'd go get Levante David. He's only going to be around for three more years or so. But you have a linebacker who's more instinctive, better at defending the run, and doesn't second-guess himself. Right? He, he has no questions as to what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Then you go get a Jimmy Ward at safety or something like that. Then you try and go get the the, the guard from the Eagles, uh, Suamalo, and then you can draft whatever you basically want. Wide receiver, another offensive lineman, running back. There's lots of ways to do this. But it really depends on what moves are made during free agency, who they restructure, who they don't, who they trade, who they cut. That first week of free agency is really going to be it. This show is mostly just like the options that are out there currently in free agency because those options are going to change. Some of those guys are going to resign with their teams, and there's going to be teams that cut players, and this whole list is going to change. The bright side is an NFL team released him and didn't trade him. You don't do that with franchise quarterbacks. Carr is not a franchise quarterback. You must be using talk to text, bro. This is French ice quarterback. So they, the Raiders, um, they pulled a dum-dum. First of all, if he's not a franchise quarterback, you don't give him a no trade clause. That's freaking dumb. That's dumb. The Chiefs fan in here is probably like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty fucking dumb. Right? It's dumb. 
You don't give a quarterback who's not a franchise quarterback a no trade clause. You just don't do that shit. And so then you decide to screw him over at the end of the season. Last two games, you're benched. Screw it. Sit down. And then you think he's going to let you trade him? No, he's a no trade clause. You're going to let me go, and I'm going to go be free and find somewhere to go. To hell with you. That's what I would have done. You're not going to screw me over and then give me the opportunity to screw you over, and then I'm not going to take it? No. You're going to send me to the Saints? Eat it. They can't afford me anyway. No. You're going to cut me, and then I'm going to go to the team, and if they have very little cap space, we'll structure the contract so I get a big bonus up front, very little cap space eaten that year so they can build around it, and then figure it out. The Raiders screwed themselves like Brett screwed Brett kind of deal. Silas, I think you're arguing semantics here. Oliver has not lived up to the draft selection, but he is not. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of done with the Oliver talk at this point. We're not going to agree, so let's, that's fine. So what's your conspiracy theory on DeMar Hamlin? I don't have one because I don't think there's a conspiracy there. I think people who come up with conspiracy theories are right 50% of the time. And you know what? When they're right, that conspiracy theory is no longer a conspiracy theory. It's just the truth. So it is what it is. The government's spying on us. Conspiracy theorists, oh, shit, they were really spying on us. You know, that that kind of deal. You know, Bigfoot's in New Mexico. Okay, chill. You know, like, conspiracy theories are freaking weird. I don't. I just leave those alone. I like the Levante David and Jimmy Ward and the guard from the Eagles. That dude, that would be my ideal picks in free agency. You get those three guys. And then you can do whatever the hell you want to, to make whatever cap space you got to do. Hey, Epinesa, bye. You know, if you if you if they need to trade it Oliver and get a second round pick for him, fine, whatever. I wouldn't be like crying and upset about it. I'd be a little disappointed, but it is what it is. You know, like, like different players are worth different amounts. So if you give me those guys, and then you trade away at Oliver, and then you pick up someone else in free agency, like uh, uh who's that? I still have him up in my thing. So here we go. Like uh, Sheldon Rankins. Go get me a big 300-pound guy like Sheldon Rankins. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm not sitting here saying that, that you we can't get rid of Ed Oliver. We can for the right money and for the right, and for the right idea. If you, if, but if you, if you get rid of him, you better go get a Sheldon Rankins or you better go get uh, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson. You better go give me something because we can't have no one there. We can't have Tim Settle because Tim Settle's a Tim Settle's not it. Not it. See, I think Jamal Williams on a one-year cheap deal would be nice. Jamal Williams. I am unfamiliar. Uh, I'm not a big running back in the first round guy, but if B. John Robinson is sitting there in the first round, I'm taking that's what I'm saying. Like someone else was like, you would take a running back in the first round. No, no, no. I wouldn't take a running back, I would take B. John Robinson. Just be a John Robinson and no other running back. It's it's rare that I'm sitting here like take the running back in the first round. It's rare. It's not it's not my personality. It's not the way I think you should build a team. However, if that guy's there, you go get him because he's a top fifteen player in this draft. Yeah, McDaniel's ain't the guy in my opinion. Yeah, I mean personally, I don't think that the Raiders have done Derek Carr any favors with these choices and in, in coaches. Rich Bisaccia just saved his career last year. And then they let him go. Rich Bisaccia should have been the Raiders head coach. But no, we're going to go get 
the guy who used to be the Broncos head coach and drafted Tim fucking Tebow in the first freaking round. Yeah, makes no sense to me. Carr isn't a bad QB if you look at his career. Now, he's not a bad QB, but he's not a great one either. He's he's a good QB. On the right team, he could, you know, uh, what's, the, what's the name of that quarterback? He could Brad Johnson, you two Super Bowl on a good team, and the Jets have a defense, so it's possible. I hope Carr goes to San Francisco and wins the Super Bowl. I don't. McCann screwed Brett. Uh, Brett screwed Brett. Uh, resign Edmonds lowers cap number for this season. You could. You could well, he, he's not on the team right now. He's technically he's a free agent, so we'd have to franchise tag him for him to be part of the team, and then we have to resign him. We have to franchise tag him, or he's gone basically, or resign him. Those are the three options. He's if we don't pay him now, he's literally going to another team. Personally, I would tag him, trade him, go get Levante David, go get Jimmy Ward, go get um, Isaac. Uh, Malo, and then if you want to trade Ed, trade Ed Oliver and go get a Sheldon Rankins to, to take up that spot until you draft somebody to take over, cool. Um, but there's moves to be made, and we, we have no idea what's going to happen. Like, I'm saying this, and it could happen exactly that way, or it could happen nothing like that at all. They, just, they could go Drew Tranquil, who's a free agent, who is a solid linebacker. He's 235 pounds. He's six foot three. You know, he's big enough to play the role. We need a defensive end that can actually bend. I try to trade up and bash him. Yeah, I agree. If they get a fifth round pick for Cody Ford, they should get a four or five for Epinesa. Yeah, probably. This is going to be kind of an unpopular, kind of unpopular, but I hope that Tremaine Edmonds prices himself out of our range, which will focus us or allow us to focus to get another linebacker. And we take that money and put it on our O. So I agree. Tremaine Evans is going to command $15 million this year. It's going to command $15 million. Levante David is going to come command about nine to 10. I'd go that route. Uh, if they really want to be penny pinchers, then you go Drew Tranquil, who's another linebacker who I would trust to, to play the role outside of that. Wrap that up guys. Um, my show is usually an hour <laughs> and because we had some guests on here, you know, who disagree and agree, you know, and, you know, have questions. I stood on for three hours, almost three freaking hours, bro. And, um, yeah, I think it's about time to call this one. <laughs> um, you guys have made it possible for me to go three hours. Check it out. Cause if you don't have a good audience and you don't have guys who are asking questions and guys like Silas, who I like. I like Silas. He has his opinion. I have mine. You know, we're going to disagree and that's fine. But it's been a, it's been a pleasure talking with you guys, being serious, bullshitting and everything. You guys have been a wonderful crowd as usual. Uh, good night, you know, to the Chiefs fan in the crowd. Uh, we'll see you next year. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on the show too. Thank you for being here. Um, but it's, as always, go Bills.